0: The following episode of the 9pm Edict was recorded before a live audience. It contains strong language and disturbing culinary images, and it
1: goes on forever.
2: Yeah, it does a bit. It was uh, recorded in Adelaide on a hot Saturday afternoon. Uh, Adelaide in South Australia is my hometown, and... uh, I've only been back there a handful of times since I moved to Sydney back in 20, no, 1995, some 23 years ago. Uh, the most recent time I was back was at the end of 2016 for my mother's funeral. And then the previous visit was more than a decade before that. And this time, though, I was on a break from a road show that was a corporate gig that took me to Melbourne and Brisbane as well. Um, And I'd been working pretty hard, but then I was put up at the Largs Pier Hotel uh, at Largs Bay in Adelaide, and that overlooks the ocean. Uh, I had a chance to relax. I was in a reflective mood, really reflective hometown mood, and it was a fantastic panel. So I kind of just relaxed and enjoyed the conversation. Um, So yeah, this podcast goes for... uh, two hours. Uh, You don't have to listen all at once, of course. Uh, There's three segments. Uh, First one's an hour, next one's 40 minutes, next one's 20 minutes or so. People have told me it's interesting all the way through, but can you trust them? You tell me. Hello, I'm and Welcome to the Edict. Mm -hmm. Saturday, the 24th of March, 2018. There's a theme to this podcast.
3: Vaginal microbiome.
2: As well as underage drinking
3: was the sneaking around and being half pissed at age six that made them more exciting than they might otherwise be. Yeah, I mean, if
0: you have to have a big night on the verjuice, it's pretty rough, right? <laughs> it's like...
2: Yes, drinking and sex and privacy
4: issues such as those faced by Facebook. It's the fact that the social media platform, that social media platform in particular, has seemed to become everything.
1: But, you know, orgasms are great. Have as many as you can. It doesn't have to end in a baby.
4: Oh, yeah, and... Uh, and orgasms.
2: This is the 9pm Public House Forum number six, aka the 9pm Hometown Forum. Hurrah! Some applause, please, for the panel. <laughs> this is the 9pm Edicts Hometown Forum with an aircraft overhead. The very first time uh, we've done. This forum in Adelaide, and the very first time we've done it with uh, aircraft flying overhead. Uh, On the panel from uh, my left, around we have someone who you will know from uh, the Arch Window segments on this podcast, Mr. Nicholas Fryer. Uh, and uh, next, along, we have the state news editor of the Advertiser newspaper and other sins in Adelaide, Ms. Tori Shepherd.
3: Applause thing is awesome. I want this all the time.
2: I think I think we should have someone yeah. doing applause every time any of us enter a room. That would yeah. that would just be fantastic. Yeah, a mental health initiative. I think. <laughs> Further along and around the table, we have the editor of Fritz Magazine. You can't get more South Australian than that. <laughs> Amongst again many many other sins, it's Miss Katie Spain. Yeah. And last but no means least. Someone who describes her skills as being the bit between orgasm and childbirth. <laughs> it's Doctor <laughs> Hannah Brown.
0: You know what? I, I suspected that I would regret that immediately and it happened actually before that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm
3: not even sure what it means, but I love it. Yeah.
2: Well, there's a good place to start. What does that mean, Hannah?
0: Look, I think it means that I'm interested in women's health and that women's health is more than just popping out a baby, that it involves everything from family planning, sexual health, reproductive, you know, having conversations with teenagers about what they want for their lives and and, um, how we can uh, approach those things better, how we can approach conversations about those things better. And then all the way through to, you know, dealing with people who are struggling to start families and who... Are desperate to have a baby, but are struggling. So, developing technologies, you know, sort of all the way through from conversations about starting a family to conversations about how to make one when you're having a ch- when you're having problems.
2: We will come back to that. Thank you, Hannah. As you've just heard, uh, we have uh, a flight path directly overhead. We are coming to you live from the Wheat Sheaf Hotel uh, in Theberton. Tori. Have you read the paper yet this morning?
3: You're a you're a nasty man. Yeah, I've read you can it all. Say while... that you can say the word <laughs> that you
2: were going to say. Okay,
3: no, no, because that got the ABC in a whole lot of trouble this last week. So I won't use the word I was going to use. Oh, <laughs> well, you
2: you wouldn't be the first person to <laughs> tell me that. Let me tell you.
3: Not, not only have I not read it, I've read it online. I haven't read the hard copy of the newspaper because I haven't paid my subscription. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is this is the state news <laughs> the state ed- editor. Thought, the editor. The state the news editor has to subscribe you have to Look, pay for it's a, a subscription it's,
3: it's a peppercorn thing and i okay this no i'm just gonna like crawl this back now okay i went to iraq and i just lost track of my personal admin so at the moment i'm not getting the paper <laughs> is that is that okay is that an excuse i like that yeah, yeah i okay, went to, right?
2: i went to iraq yeah. and lost track
3: while now, i, I could, was crawling through the mud in baghdad i forgot to keep up with my bills
2: <laughs> <laughs> i think this is a a a particularly common thing. So, you have looked at online. What caught your fancy uh, this morning?
3: I uh, was so the first thing I noticed this morning was, of course, football is back in a big way. Oh, um, yes. And then, I actually, I just put it all down and walked away because that's what I tend to do in football season, which... <laughs> it's like, are you allowed to say this? I don't know. Is, are people listening? Um, they will. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, okay. There, there will be it. a few
2: listening no. live. Yeah. Uh, and then when the podcast goes live, there could be dozens of people listening, and I,
3: I am bringing shame upon my house. But no, I'm a, I'm a world game person. I like the round ball, ah. and have never been one for the uh, for the footy. And yet yeah, this makes it very hard in terms of small chat, making new friends, living life in Adelaide, because this is at the core of the way in which people bond. Isn't it just? Yeah, I'm. This, it, it, every season. I mean, I, I should just go back to Iraq. I had more friends there.
2: <laughs> wow. We will come back to these important Adelaide issues uh, in just a moment. Katie Spain, you you are the gestalt of South Australia with a magazine called Fritz.
1: <laughs> and anyone from interstate won't have a clue what you're talking about. We <laughs> called call it Devon. It wouldn't be the no, same, would it? No.
2: Luncheon meat.
1: <laughs> luncheon yeah. <laughs> lunch meat. It's luncheon meat. The editor of Luncheon Meat magazine. <laughs> yeah. All the vegans <laughs> and vegos would hunt me down. But um, it's still called Fritz. I it mean... is. it is. So for anyone who is listening from um, interstate or overseas, Fritz for a South Australian, it is a luncheon meat um, and you can get smiley Fritz, which means it has a little smiley face. And as a young as a youngster, and still I guess in South Australia, when you're growing up, you'd go into the butcher and he'd pass you a free slice of Fritz and a big smile. And the magazine's free and it's really, really heavily quite South Australian focused. So that's why we. That was essential
3: we... moment, wasn't it? Your free bit of Fritz. Free bit of I fritz. always enjoyed my local butcher, though, instead of Smiley Fritz, just a little typo, Slimy Fritz.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No well, I will come around. Nicholas, was. Uh, was fr- See, you're not originally from this state. I don't know why you're even can on you this even podcast. Fritz? <laughs> can, can you even Fritz? Can you even
4: Fritz? I was six years old, but I must say one of my proudest moments was when my uh, younger son
2: you are being ridiculously quiet there, so you're going to say that whole thing again louder
4: I can yeah. So I, I'm not born in South Australia, that's correct. I came here when I was a very young child. Uh, about the age of my youngest one, about the age of my youngest <laughs> one now. Sorry, I'm just I, shoving I like the, the microphone I feel like I'm being asked to perform an indecent act upon this microphone,
2: but I'll, 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 I'll press on. That's the same microphone upon which Ms Fiona Patton, LLC, performed an indecent act on this podcast in Melbourne has some it been, time ago. Has it
4: been wiped since? Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. But as I, I, what I what I did say for those who didn't hear is that yes I've I've got at least one son who is not at all keen on Fritz and and refuses it generally when when offered even free so I don't know, he's just I, I don't I don't know if that makes us any less South Australian but yeah they, they've heard me talking about them and have scarpered for the exit just expert. shamed
3: him publicly <laughs> it's all
4: right he's done Especially it he's done is, it to me
0: have you he- had him experience it on a crumpet with sauce because in my family what on a, a crumpet. crumpet the sauce oh, sauce we could come out <laughs> so <this>, the
4: crumpet <laughs> is. So
0: it's this, kind, that's odd. everybody, everybody just freaked out when I said on sort like crumpets around. They were made for Fritz. Like the, oh, oh, this is a, uh,
2: mind blown.
0: This is, I know there was like it's it's a match made in heaven. You know we have stories of of old when we were very small, like six. I'm um, eating hundreds of these things for breakfast in the holidays with my cousins. But the critical component is the crumpet and the sauce. Is that, and not just any sauce. It has to be rosella. Mm-hmm.
4: Is that cr- cold fritz on hot crumpet, though? Cold fritz on hot crumpet. That's just unnatural. No. Sure.
3: Get
1: the crumpet hot. Oh, it's...
3: And, and you don't want to zap the fritz in the microwave. I don't think that...
1: I don't know. Some people grill it, but I am a oh. my workmate. He's he's from England, and he so he had no idea of what Fritz really was. And we gave him some and said, "Go home and prepare it how you think you should." And he put it in the fry pan with a duck egg on top, and created a bit of a culinary kind of wow. fancy duck Fritz. But yeah, a duck egg.
2: Well, I mean, people do know about Fritz cups, don't they? No. Oh my god! No.
3: Huh?
2: <laughs> if if you. Slice a piece of fritz. There will be photographs on the podcast webpage, and next week I will post a video of how you make fritz cups. If you get a slice of fritz, put it under the griller and only grill one side, it curls up into a
3: cup. Oh, it contracts the little skinny bit.
2: That's right. You're right. And And it makes a cup, and you fill it with mashed potato And add some tomato sauce.
3: That actually does sound delicious. I think we should get everyone to send in their Fritz recipes. And
2: back in the 19th when I was a lad, um, a Fritz cup served cold, maybe with with some sauce, maybe with... I mean, we didn't do spice back then. That wasn't a thing. That was that was your standard sort of Christmas Day fare,
3: right? I mean, I was a cabin. family that seems terribly exotic now. Oh, that
2: that is that. That's a seventies thing. <laughs> this is modern exoticism in Australian cuisine.
3: Now, that, did you it, put was, did you put
4: raisins in it?
3: No, 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 no. Pineapple
2: <laughs> raisins go in your Keens curry. Yeah, curry. Yeah, curry. Yeah, yellow, yellow yeah. Right. curry. yeah, yellow. With curry. The, that's right. Yellow curry. That's. That's traditional Australian. Fit. Why do? We, how do we get onto this? Um, <laughs> Fritz, it's your fault, Katie. Sorry, everybody. This, okay, look. What I am going to ask this now. This isn't one of the questions on our list, uh, but culinary Australian highlights from your youth, apart from Fritz,
1: <laughs>
2: Katie.
1: I grew up on a dairy farm, so it was milk, oh, so milk straight from the tit. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And I like that you went tit, not tit, <laughs> just tit. Straight from the t- yeah. Yeah. Uh that
3: was the, that was the height of it. I For me, it was so after it. dinner mints because that was always, Ooh. you know, the dinner party, you're sneaking little sips of wine from whatever glass you can find lying around. This is at age. Oh, six. Young. <laughs> <laughs> pretty young. Pretty young, I think. You well, know. that's the thing
2: about South Australia. Yes, we do all start on the wine at a an early age.
3: It's Mediterranean. It's very yes. very civilised. Um, so, yeah, you sneak the wine throughout the dinner party, and then when it's all over, God, you want to steal some of those after-dinner mints, which were just a sort of boring little square of chocolate with some mint. But i are vastly overrated, in my opinion. But I, I think that it was the sneaking around and being half-pissed at age six that made them more <laughs> exciting <laughs> than they might otherwise be. Hannah. Oh, look, it's got to be the hexagonal
0: pasty, right? You know, like the, the, the lunch order... Primary school lunch order pie and pasty that were hexagons. Like I, have never seen one since, but I know it was a thing. I remember it very fondly.
3: Grease all the way through. Yes, the yeah, there.
0: you know, you could see through the bag, and there was a hexagonal pasty in there, and it was a Friday special. You know, and it was, it was, it's a very strong memory.
2: But these things we're talking about, um, we around the table thinking, thinking of them as being quintessentially South Australian, but everywhere has a pie, everywhere has a favourite cake surely. Everywhere has a favourite cured meat product. Are South Australians being wankers in imagining that theirs is somehow special?
3: Yes,
0: absolutely. Yes, Tori? <laughs> I,
3: think, yep. I think it's quite like... I mean, we are food and wine people here and we are wankers about it. Um, and I also think that um, wanky nostalgia is a, whole, uh, is a whole theme that you can explore ad infinitum because you do have... You know, it... it, it connects with all those old memories. The smell of some of those things when they come back to you from childhood, you know, it triggers something strong. We show off, we think we're special and we're not really that special.
2: I did that this morning. I decided to have a Balfour's pasty, which I bought, of course, at the railway station, as you do. And the sauce, you know, for people from interstate, again, they don't understand that sauce doesn't come in a separate packet in South Australia. You get sauce in your pie of pasty, they get the nozzle of the sauce bottle and they jam it in it's sort of... <laughs> <laughs> straight into your food and they don't wash that thing before no that nozzle it to is the...
3: not a nice place to be no. is that a south
0: australian thing
2: are you suggesting it's not
3: i've no
0: idea but i didn't know we were so interesting and unique well, well i keep thinking you'd I... be
3: questioning chicken salt and whether that's a south oh. australian thing I mean... no, no no chicken
2: chicken salt is a uh, a country phenomenon i think i think. We will take an important, not a break, but I need to ask the audience some things. There are two regular uh, things we do in this podcast. Uh, The wonderful people who uh, support us via Possible uh, can buy trigger words, or they can set forum questions. Uh, And we'll get to a forum question straight after this. But Frank Filippone, who uh, always buys forum... uh, Trigger words, and then never bothers telling me what they are. So he suggested uh, that uh, we should just ask the audience to suggest three. So uh, can I have uh, three suggestions of words from the audience? Lego, Lego, oh, yeah. Lego. That's yeah. one. Uh, another. Yeast. <laughs> Yeast. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeast. No,
2: right. Good. I, I'm liking that. And a third word. Be Sorry. Beetroot. Be ah. I'm just okay. loving
0: though that immediately he said Lego and you said Lego, and I was yes. like, mm. "No, Lego." Oh,
2: <laughs> and we will not get into the uh, the sins of people who say Legos plural. Mm-hmm. That's I found out that's actually more an American thing.
3: I think we can all agree that's wrong. Yeah. We can fight about the Lego Lego, but the plural thing wrong. Right.
2: Well, I've I've written those words down, and they
3: go into
2: the. Uh, beer jug of integrity for use a little later. Uh, but for now, the first question, uh, the forum question, this is from Mark Eldridge, who's an Australian now living oh, in Stockholm. Mark Eldridge? Uh, Eldridge.
3: Oh, phew. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Well, we, we got triggered, man. Before
2: we go on to Mark Eldridge's question
3: <laughs> Who is Mark Aldridge? Is. <laughs> Mark Aldridge is a, um, a perennial political candidate who has run for various parties ever since ah. I covered state politics 12 years ago. He pops up every now and then. Um, and for defamation reasons, I won't say anything else. Uh, It's Australia. him, It doesn't matter.
2: Australia's robust defamation laws really do get in the way of so many things. I just can't
3: remember why I hate him so much. (laughs) I just got a little little shiver, and went.
2: Um, Okay. But
3: Eldridge, love you. Yes, Mark Eldridge, who's
2: in Stockholm, and now that he's living there, he says it really. Oh God, this question goes on for fucking ever. He it makes clear how far behind Australia is when it comes to the tech sector now. Uh, there's then like three long lines talking about NBN sucks, basically, or oh, four lines, uh, won't see much improvement in the short term. What do you think would be the best path forward in Australia? Is political progress feasible in the next five to ten years in this sense of advancing to the future, to uh, Malcolm Turnbull's Nimbledon? agile future. Nimbledon. Nimbledon. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes, that's one Welcome of the words the great like,
3: country of Nimbledon. That's Nimbledon, great. yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, ZDNet, who are one of the tech mastheads I write for, encouraged me to coin new words to ridicule the government. It's part of my... I think brief. if you get them
3: in print three times they go in the longer Oxford. That's As, a thing. That's yeah, the one. That's an, and that is something three to Three times. To.
2: Uh, the general, for most quality dictionaries. It has to be used three independent usages, so they can't be quoting one another, in mainstream publications, which does include radio or television, without an explanation coming with them. So assuming the reader knows them in a general... But we could
3: collude on this, right? Uh,
2: yeah, we, between
3: so us. The Macquarie, yeah, the Cor- Macquarie people it. are pretty
2: smart, <laughs> but yeah, I, oh, we can do this.
3: We just have to never tell anyone we're colluding. Well, the... the <laughs> sh- <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Ah, right. oh, Oops. Um,
2: so advancing Australia, and particularly here in South Australia, the, the government, the Labor government of 16 years that's just been voted out, was going to, trying to make innovation into this city a big thing. So I suppose, come to the new government in the moment, but was that actually ever a thing more than a slogan? Tori, I'll start with you because simply this is your gig.
3: Well, so look, the, the NBN's pretty balked. I think that is just sort of commonly known. There was always going to be an issue with having something... You know, putting so much, so many billions of dollars into a technology when we don't actually know where we're going to be by the time it, it rolls out um, but I don't think that's emblematic overall of where we're going um, so if we talk about South Australia, yes the Wetherill government uh, they were very good at setting up some of the right conditions for well, particularly for startups I mean you know, we quite often use fleet as an example and now this is this amazing Italian woman who's building nanosATs uh, here in Adelaide. We've got the whole defence sector, which is obviously thriving, and that, that's thanks to the federal government. But is I, that?
2: You no, know, I was about to say, is that pork barrelling? It isn't. This is where the defence research and yeah, technological look, basis was built back World War Two and before. It
3: was. I mean, you know, we were the defence state long before we had to keep Christopher Pine in a job. Um, but <laughs> I, I think no, that is true.
2: People, that is true.
3: But no, look, I I think. Now there is a momentum behind a lot of the tech stuff that's happened. Uh, the weatherall government did throw a lot of money, but a lot of people would argue they threw money at what they already knew were winners that might have happened anyway. So I'm optimistic that the, the market now will, will prove who, who stands and falls here in South Australia, that and all that defence money. I mean, the you know, $90 billion, not all of which will, will come here, but obviously a lot of people are really excited. Hannah and I were talking about how universities are going to have to turn their attention to to the workforce, but also to, to the industry and the tech behind it. Um, and yeah, look, I'm, I'm more optimistic than most, and I guess I'd also point out, you know, Stephen Marshall, our new premier, he is not anti, in, he's not anti-tech, and he's not anti-renewables. He's not as um, he's not as driven on those subjects as Premier Jay Weatherill was, but I also don't think he's suddenly going to turn the clock back.
2: And yet, did not we see the other day some talk about, no, no, we're not having that. Big second big battery in South Australia? Because, I mean, the, the whole Tesla effect is happening here, and regular listeners of this podcast know that I like to point out that Tesla is not the only company in the world making large storage batteries. There's some significant ones here in Australia, such as Redflow, created, well, not created by, but certainly invested in by Great South Australian by the name of Simon Hackett uh, up in Queensland. Hannah, you were part of that conversation about STEM and defence? I know, and Katie, I'll come to you next. Yeah, for
0: sure. I mean, not only was a part of the conversation, but that's kind of what we do. You know, I think that... Finding ways to take the research that you're doing and translating it to, you know, having far-reaching ideas about the the value of the innovation and the ideas is is something that the medical world is taking on here in Adelaide and is something that's, you know, something that I think is super exciting. You know, I think we talked earlier, Tori and I talked earlier about um, machine learning, which is, you know that you know it's ai it's machine learning it's what everybody's talking about and it's where everything's going but you know i think we're going to see a big investment and recruitment to south australia in that space you know i i sat in a in a conversation just a couple of weeks ago with the with the director of rising sun pictures here in south australia and we talked about you know what developments in terms of um, in terms of motion pictures might look like, and it was all really based on the types of developments that we're seeing happening here in South Australia in machine learning and AI. So, you know, I heard these conversations about from Tony, inspired by Tony Clark, saying, "Oh, you know." Maybe we'll, you know, we'll have gaming that where you can see into the minds of other people, you know, and, but oh yeah, all, all, That's
2: not at all creepy. <laughs> no, it's totally creepy.
0: I think everybody media, so it was a media and science event and everybody sat in the audience and shat their pants and immediately thought, I'm going to stop thinking what I'm thinking yeah. immediately. I'm, like, I'm going
3: to post it on yeah, Facebook. Yeah. What possibly go wrong. Just in yeah. case uh,
0: we can go back on that. But, you know, I think that we're seeing amazing innovation happening here in South Australia and I guess the thing that I'm excited about about the new government is the the pull or the, the push or pull, I'm not sure what it's going to be, to retain great young minds. And I think that that's going to be really important in seeing South Australia innovate and South Australia be a leader in this space is keeping the amazing, extraordinary, really critically thinking people here in South Australia and giving them enough inspiration to stay and be creative and disruptive here.
3: And the Biomed Precinct, of Absolutely. course, that's your zone. Exactly. And that, that's amazing down there. Samri, that whole, the proton therapy, um, if that, I know there's some <coughs> issues <coughs> with rolling <coughs> it when when out. When that comes. But that's really <laughs> exciting. That's that, but, it's, but it's exciting that uh, that we're talking about it and that everybody got on board and that will be the first in the Southern Hemisphere, unless we get beaten by Sydney, I think. But anyway.
2: Katie, you have a, a, a with Fritz, a wider view of culture in South Australia, also looking a lot at you know, tourism and wine and, mm. and all those traditional South Australian attributes. How does innovation fit into that landscape for people?
1: I think about that a lot because our demographic is obviously very wide. It goes right out into the, the, the rural areas, um, out into the suburbs. And it's very easy when you live in the city and you're kind of in that media, mid-30s age group of, you know... The mid-30s. Jumping, <laughs> <laughs> jumping yes, on that. Yes, there's, yes. there's a lot of... Fantastic. There's a lot of clickbait out there because you don't just do a print publication anymore. You do digital. There's a lot of you know, oh, which cafes just opened and what wine bars are new, and a lot of focus on that type of stuff. But I think there's a responsibility, particularly um, in the media, that does reach that widely to um, to report on what's what's new and what's happening out there. Um, I guess with the battery, it is it is just. Uh, human nature in the general demographic that people do latch onto a c- celebrity, and I say that in I say that lightly um, to latch onto. But I, I think we, as the media, need to be really wary of that and tell the stories of the the people in South Australia um, of any age, whether they've come in from overseas and they're they're doing what they do here, or whether it's um, someone who was born and bred here and has decided to stay and is in do- doing exciting things that we present that through our writing and our research, um, and it's happening, um, but I just think I, th- I think there needs to be more focus on that, um, so that people know that it's a great place and that they should stay here or come back.
2: Nicholas, do you have any thoughts on that? You've been quietly sitting there, frowning.
4: It's, it's difficult for me to comment particularly on innovation still, because my professional career is spent uh, in, a, in an area which is intrinsically backward-looking, and in that I'm essentially trying to find out what went wrong with, with people and with companies five years ago. Um, I must say, though, I'm enormously encouraged by what I'm hearing from Tory and from Hannah in particular about their uh, at least guarded optimism about the, the new government here because it's uh, uh, I've never had a close eye on South Australian politics, but I've been um, uh, interested to find out what a change of government is going to mean here. So it's, been, it's good to hear that there is some enthusiasm and some optimism. Well, yeah, 16 years with, is with a the Labor time. government. that's a that, long time.
2: For many people, that's well outside their living memory of how the state even works.
4: Yes, and, and for those of us who have sort of kept an eye more on the politics than the policy here, uh, the, Liberal, the state Liberal Party has done little to inspire massive enthusiasm and, and optimism over the last uh, 10 years or so. there certainly have been times when one have thought they could have knocked off a tiring labor government well before now. So uh, certainly been watching them with, uh, with a level of skepticism, but it's, so it's, it's encouraging to hear at least some, some enthusiasm.
2: Uh, We have been talking a little while here and should come up to our first break soon, but I reckon we'll go through a couple of sets of three trigger words. I have here the beer jug of uh, integrity. There's a long story behind that. (laughs) Uh, Nicholas, you don't count. You're rigged. Uh, If I could ask uh, ladies each to take a word. Each uh, one says who paid for this word and what the word is. Uh, We'll go around. Uh, my left to right, and if you could just tell us who it is and what the word is.
3: (laughs) Mine's from anonymous, and my word is ocelot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A controversial area that I can't wait to get into.
2: Okay, ocelot, yes. Katie?
1: Rick Heyman, and the word is unappreciated.
2: Ocelot and unappreciated, and Hannah?
1: Oh, mine's also anonymous, and the word is
0: environment
2: unappreciated ocelot environment okay mm. that is that is how our conversation needs to go for the next well, little while
3: wa- ocelots have certainly been um, sidelined i guess in in favor of the more popular meerkat or honey badger and Unappreci- right? oh, honey know. badger that's been big lately oh
2: hang on that's to do with that television was that, was that a television joke that i didn't
0: telev- well no but there's two versions of honey badger right there's the the original honey badger which is this very hard ass Honey badger don't care. Honey badger don't give a shit animal on the internet that doesn't right. mind being stung by bees or attacked by snakes. Um, but then there's the new honey badger who will be the new bachelor. Yes. Yeah, so it is a television this thing. Is,
2: this is a whole Cory Bernardi scenario, isn't it?
3: I have no, I <laughs> right. what that means. But I really, I would prefer not to be associated no. with that
0: scenario. I
3: and I thought Hallie badger" was had some kind of urban dictionary definition, which was much filthier than either of the Ooh. scenarios. You, but I, I'm not. I have an iPad. Here. Okay, so just, there's three.
0: To,
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, while, while you're more broadly, uh, the word environment is there. How's South Australia doing on that front?
3: Well, look again. You know, we've for the last 16 years we've had a big focus on renewables, but. What I find interesting is that people have stopped talking about climate change when they talk mm. about renewables and what we're doing. They've, I mean, we've been talking about emissions again recently with the National Energy Guarantee, but it's become more about jobs, and it's also become it's emblematic at a federal level of that split between the moderates and the conservatives. So your coal huggers and your, um, you know, your, a little your, less coal huggers. Yeah, <laughs> You're a little less coal huggers. The, yeah. the clean coal, yeah, ad, clean, clean coal. coal one yeah. of my favourite, Thank God. favourite nonsensical terms. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, OK, well, look, let's... Uh Before we move on, and we'll get you all to do – we'll do another round of this. You can have one this time, Nicholas. Oh, thank you so
4: much, still. You can have a
2: thing from there. Uh, One for you, Tori. You can miss out, Katie. One for you, Hannah. Uh, While you're opening your uh, trigger words there, I will say that according to uh, the Urban Dictionary, the honey badger is the process of having honey applied to one's rectum and then proceeding to have a badger – no. no.
3: I don't know why I knew that. How did you (laughs) know know that, Tori? But look, if if that's what you – that's what you're interested in, I would also suggest you look up a um, hot Alabama pocket. I learnt that one this week. <laughs> Go on, look it up still. Uh, no, Never no. Been no <laughs> ignorant. What will that happen? is a, that what is a will? not safe for work one.
0: I just what? love, you know, sensible news knows the topic, like reproductive health <laughs> <laughs> had no idea what you were talking about. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yes, I think
2: it's much safer if we can add it. Nicholas, what
4: is, what is your trigger word there? Mine's from Mick Fong and the, the trigger words are Maggie Beer. Oh
3: okay, oh. no, we
4: can do that one before going on, I think
3: yeah,
2: oh okay, <laughs> <laughs> this long silence
3: oh, we thought you were going to fill it
2: i what I, yeah, what I was going to say is be that, careful
0: because she's an icon,
2: and I think that's the problem no, that's the no, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pause for a moment while I consider Australia's robust defamation laws.
1: <laughs>
2: I find it interesting that whenever a city, not just Adelaide and South Australia, whenever a place seeks to promote itself, it starts off with a set of icons. And in the case of Adelaide, Maggie Beer for her work in, in food and food products uh, is important. Uh, for those uh, who don't know Maggie Beer, just uh, googled the word verjuice. Mm and uh, everything will become clear um in the subject of technology every australian startup is said to be the new atlassian and no one really knows what atlassian does but the politicians say they're a great success and that's all that counts uh and so on and so forth so not to discount the success of maggie beer as being both uh, a successful businesswoman and an icon do we need to move beyond icons Wow, there's a silence.
0: I think we're all quiet because we just want to hug her.
3: Yeah. You yeah. know, I
0: yeah. I I think that you're stepping in very I mean, we dangerous like territory. A, um, can we
3: do, let's let's hypothetically say there is this incredible woman called Crow Wine. Baggy. Not, Mia. Not magpie <laughs> beer, but crow crow wine, right? Crow and then wine, and then yeah. we'll make it not about her and then we can probably say Look, there's a whole new school. There's a whole new school that would probably love a bit more of that space that is taken up by the old crow wine. Um, there are people doing incredible.
1: Oh,
5: ex-
3: Sorry, I know I've, I've, gone, I've gone down a, a bad path with that. Fine, we'll just call her Maggie beer. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of people, particularly I'm thinking about wine, actually, as much as as food. People are doing some incredible work. Again, innovative. Um, I'm not sure where the cube fits into all of that. I mean, we could probably say that. Uh, that uh, Chester is an icon as well. I I do think it becomes a little stultifying when you have one person representing an industry. An entire
2: industry. Having
3: having said all of that, though, um, Jock... um, on Frillo, I mean, he's he's certainly carved himself out a really good niche there and he is, you know, his ex-addict, this tattooed young guy doing incredible stuff with food. So it's been good to see him getting a bit more of a recognition because you do... So this is
2: that rare thing, a chef who's done too much drugs. Because
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, that's kind of never happened No, it never happened before. No, never happened before. Live to well, tell the tale. Let's just say as far as I know... It's just quite different to Maggie Beer. Maggie Beer is, you know, old Adelaide. She's I right.
5: I, well, I don't I'd know like Do you know something. Her. I don't I'd know? like
2: to see her with a few tats I, doing uh, yeah. doing some meth down an alleyway exactly. behind the exit. I think that, that would be awesome to see. That hasn't
5: happened.
3: But certainly there is, you know, there is a bit of an old school new school division happening in a lot of those areas and I think the new school is often more exciting than the old school.
2: Any new school people coming to your yeah, line, there, Katie? I,
1: all the time. I think. Um, I think it's a bit. It's a bit too safe and lazy to go back to those people all the time, particularly in the media if you're reporting on things. Um, I think we should go down down the the far Blair Athol end of Prospect Road and find some of the the refugees who are now you know here and building great little businesses and and actually have new stories to tell and great, you know, cooking, just changing our culinary, particularly, landscape. Um, and in wine, there are some superstars coming up who are really kind of pushing the boundaries, and I'm not just talking natural wine, but um, people who unnatural aren't… Unnatural wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unnatural wine, who um, aren't… Nec- most, actually, most winemakers don't tend to gravitate towards being um, outspoken, kind of wanting attention type people. They're just… Working, um, like a, a friend of ours, who, um, his name's Adam Hooper, and he makes Lucurio wines in the Vale in a place called The Confessional. Um, and I know it's, it's quite ironic, and out the back in a shed, he, um, for really love, not money, lets um, up-and-coming dabblers um, make wine in this shed and shares his amazing um, technical winemaking knowledge with them and they're the people i think we should be focusing on um but there's a balance i think because the again the general public likes a name that they recognize um but you know there's plenty of talent out there and can't
3: we all agree that wine is shitloads better than verjuice (laughs) verjuice is like wine with the good stuff taken out
1: yeah i mean if you have to have a big night on the verjuice it's pretty (laughs) rough right (laughs) If you can buy it in the supermarket, it's probably not worth serving it so at <laughs> no, a South dinner party. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, that's true. Look, we have two more uh, words which we didn't get to because we got stuck on Maggie Beer, as it were. Um, Hannah, what have, what have you got there?
0: Oh, I got back to Frank Filippone's uh, Lego. Yes. Yes, and we discussed that it wasn't the plural, but what would you do with one piece of Lego? Like I, I Step,
3: know step we, on it, no matter where it I is, know, right? It <laughs> will hurt your feet in the middle <laughs> of the night. You hoover but,
2: it up. Yeah. Well, well, the Danes who are responsible for this say they're called Lego bricks. They're not Legos, they're Lego bricks. Oh, but they're clearly right calls about them
4: Legos.
0: Legos. Lego bricks. Lego bricks, maybe. Le- oh. I think we just call it
4: Lego as a Lego. thing. You might have got away with Lego bricks 20 years ago back when they were all rectangular shape. but you buy it back at Lego these days and half of it looks like it was... It has palm
0: tree fronds in yeah. it. I mean, we're not yeah. talking bricks anymore. No way. The world has changed.
2: It it has, and I must admit, being uh someone from a century ago, um it only came in bricks originally, and the whole goddamn fucking point was that you had an imagination <laughs> and made things that you imagined were spacecraft or horses or elephants <laughs> yeah. or houses out of Goddamn fucking bricks. (laughs) They say they
3: just get gifted fucking Darth
2: Vader.
0: Yeah. Right. I have a a worse story of this, still that might blow your mind. Oh, excellent. I have a version of Lego Hannah in my purse.
1: I saw it on (laughs) on the (laughs) internet. So... Can you get it out? <laughs> yeah. Did you just find something that looked
3: like you? No, nope. an It's got you.
1: my name on it. Was so... it Lego Man wow. Adelaide on Instagram? Oh, come on,
2: we need just. Have you got it?
3: Handy <laughs> okay, hang on, there? yeah, yeah, that's handy. Hang
1: on. In between, Look, we if, can
2: we can just sing and dance a bit while it happens. <laughs> if anyone's uh, listening, they...
1: particularly from interstate, if you follow Lego Man underscore Adelaide on Instagram, there is an account where, um, and maybe these guys created you. I'm not sure, but um, these little two Lego characters um appear at all these different South Australian events and they're about to go to Europe. Um and they've made an Instagram account. Oh look. Amazing. <laughs> ah.
2: Okay, Hannah is holding up uh a
0: photo. I'll give you a photo.
2: We'll, we'll, okay, yeah. we'll do a we'll do a photo on the podcast webpage. But we have a uh, a little Lego figure about three centimetres tall.
0: It's like traditional Lego it's,
2: style. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's how could I? I will just say it's a very solid likeness of of Hannah. Um,
0: you can follow its adventures on a, a, dark at, uh, at uh, Doc Lego H on Instagram. <laughs> uh, no, but but the, so uh, there is a story, right? So the story is that this I I have just been on like a ten week adventure of the United States, and my friends' kids gave me this Lego Hannah to take with me. She comes with a. A science laboratory. She's dressed as a scientist. She has a lab coat and cowboy boots on because I did spend some time in Texas. But I took a photo of Lego Hannah everywhere I went and posted it on my Instagram. And then I used those photos to send home postcards to these little five-year-old twins to tell them what I was up to so they weren't missing me too much because, you know, who wouldn't want an auntie like me? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I told them what I was up to through Lego, but they they are mad about Lego. So in return for Lego, Hannah, I returned uh, Lego ice hockey sets because that's what you do when you visit the United States.
2: Wow. That is fantastic. Wow. Really. Katie, we better do your trigger word there and then... I we'll... didn't
3: get, in one. I didn't get, get well. one. Oh, sorry. For no reason.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, we do, we do them in Three's has everyone done their one? So, well, bit?
3: I had yeast. Um, oh,
2: yes, from which oh, is not was... going to
3: prompt any kind of confessional here. That is also Frank Filippone's uh gift to uh the the audience. My immediate thought was, is this or is this not the case? Someone was telling me that it's a thing now to um, when you're making your own bread at home, start using your own like familial yeast, like just you know, stick stuff so, up what, on a from where? Well, like because yeast is like <laughs> you, you start getting things sort of floating around in the atmosphere. From like a human body, I was, yeah, as that, a, that's yeah, what I was yeah. thinking
2: because so yeah. much of the household dust is skin flakes and exactly, spores. Yeah, and from you can start
3: using that to create your own kind of mother load for making your own bread.
0: So, as a reproductive <laughs> biologist, thank you. Yes, please fill us in on this. It's worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> so, please continue. Oh, this is where I rege- regret the orgasm to childbirth thing. So. It. Tori, I think we should put together a piece on the fact that people are using their vaginal microbiome no! to make yogurt.
1: Oh. I,
0: I, yes, yes, like, this it's is a, a bad thing. thing. Thrush, yogurt. Thrush yogurt. Or people say it's like it's like personal yuck-holt. Um, whoa.
2: With the emphasis on yuck. It's quite <laughs> to culture on and this.
0: Um, cult. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is legitimately a thing. People are, you know, microbiome. This is the, you know, the bugs that live in your gastrointestinal tract and your mouth and your poop that people are really incredibly excited about. Microbiome is like. I was
5: about poo transplants
0: this week. Well, yes, amazing things that are happening in the poo transplant world. Um, I'm told and, you should
2: and, not do it yourself, though. That this is.
0: Well, look. I think once it's out of you, you probably not 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 a huge need to replace it back to where it came from, um, but. People are using their vaginal microbiome to make yoghurt. And you can find that on any good Thermomix website. Wow. <laughs> the Speaking new
1: superfood. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, it's very super. You know, there's hemp, there's kale, and there's your vaginal microbiome.
4: And it would be yoghurt, wouldn't it? It would be yoghurt because you, because you wouldn't go for the bread because you'd run into the gluten problem.
0: <laughs> look.
2: And on that note, I think it's time we took a break, recharged our drinks, and gave you a moment to recombobulate your thoughts. Would you please a round of applause for our panel so far? We may or may not throw them out over drinks. This podcast was made possible... Uh, by you, the listeners, and in particular the supporters of a possible campaign, uh, the 9 pm Hometown Forum. So, thank you to the six people who threw in a basic tip. Uh, throwing in a slightly less basic tip were Sam Sylvester, Carl Badached, Jonathan Ferguson, Sean Minnie, Gavin Costello, Michael Rowe, Daniel O'Connor, uh, Mark Jessup, Andrew McDonald, Kerry Ann Pankhurst, Paul Williams, Katrina Setsi, Garth Kidd, Michael Keating, Andrew Groom, Nick Shaw. Peter Lawler, Brendan, Melissa Madsen, and four people who choose to remain anonymous. Uh, There was a trigger word bought by Mark Newton, Point01, Mick Fong, David Porteous, David Heath, Johan Witt, Nick Schultz, Nicholas Fryer, Christopher Neal, Decay, Rick Heyman, Paul, Robert McKelvey, and two people who wish to remain anonymous. Three trigger words were bought by Frank Filippone, and an anonymous person, and forum questions were bought by Wild, John Lindsay, Mark Eldridge, and one person who wishes to main, remain anonymous. And there were three more uh, quite generous people who uh, wanted no reward whatsoever. So thank you so much to you all for that. Uh, if you didn't contribute first time round uh, and would like to uh, contribute to the continuing upkeep of this podcast, uh go over to Stilgarion.com slash tip. That's Stilgarion.com slash chip tip tip and uh throw a few uh throw a few pennies into the tip jar. And now back to the panel.
0: Let's talk about Pirate Bay.
2: (laughs) Good, because the microphone was open as you said that. Uh, But we're coming back to the second part now. I don't know where half the audience has gone. I don't blame them. They've fucked off.
0: Well, they heard vaginal microbiome and that was it.
2: Okay. uh, We'll still struggle to get a round of applause as that may or may not come back in after the theme, sting, whatever. Uh, Have we finished with the vaginal biome, people?
0: Oh, finished.
1: Definitely finished. I think I'm still growing some... And later we may make yogurt. <laughs> I'm still thinking about it yeah. Yeah. Uh, on all levels. <laughs>
2: okay, look, let's try and move on. Hannah, can you tell us what you've been doing in your like proper research scientist job? Like? Oh yeah, that's
0: just like you know, in my lunchtime, Google's the vaginal microbiome stuff. Um, look, I think the We're most really
2: trying to move on from that. The, uh.
0: the most interesting thing I think we've been doing is looking at. Um, what people find on the internet when they search for information about trying to start a family. So if they if they search things like we went to a bunch of people that we thought might be trying to start a family, you know, not just fucking strangers after they've been out on the piss, but you know, actually trying to start a family. Um, and we we said
2: oh what what God, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm liking the taxonomy of this. We already. said we <laughs> said
0: what might you Google and they said oh we might Google why am I not getting pregnant or how to get pregnant? And let's just say if you Google some of these things and accidentally hit images while you're at the University of Adelaide where I work, you you get a letter that says, um, the Vice-Chancellor has blocked this website. If you think that you should actually have access to this, you should uh, seek advice from your boss who is me. So we were really interested in what people would find because we know that people who are perhaps struggling to start a family are not likely to open up to all their mates about struggling with infertility um, or not being able to conceive. I mean,
2: obvious taboos about that. For men, yes, you're not a real bloke unless you impregnate women just by looking at them. Correct. And and for women, I can't imagine how horrifying that would be.
0: It's hard, right? And this isn't something that just affects people who are ageing but affects young people. You know, infertility is not... It is ageist, but it's certainly... Um it doesn't, it doesn't pick out, specifically pick out one group of people. We see young, rich, white people in the waiting room. You know, this is not something that affects one group of individuals. So we thought, what do they find when they look on the internet? You know, if they're searching for information, what do they find and is it accurate? And I guess the issue was around accuracy because we were concerned that they might go to the internet and not like the rest of us, find a bunch of fake news that made their situation worse. So we thought at least we can contaminate the internet with loads of stuff that's really accurate um, and help them find the right information. So if they don't want to talk to their friends about being infertile, that they can talk to Dr Google and that Dr Google will sort them out.
2: I'm liking this idea of, of deliberately infecting Dr Google with the good stuff.
0: Well, how, yeah, do you do, how do you do that? Well, So that's what we set out to do, right? We wanted to know how people do that, you know, because... The good messages rarely get a lot of airtime and the really noxious, horrible shit floats to the top and contaminates all the good stuff. So, first we set out to find out, you know, what are they going to find? And I'd be lying if I told you it wasn't horrific. Hmm. So, hey. we looked at we, – we, we took a bunch of reproductive experts, clinicians, scientists, um, people who work in this space and we asked them – how accurate is it? You know, let's we here's all the stuff we found. Give us an accuracy score. And it was a resounding failure. So all of the things that people find when they search, trying to start a family, trying to conceive, trying to get pregnant, having trouble getting pregnant is is completely and utterly inaccurate.
2: Okay, look, I, I just uh, did the Google with the phrase. What, what did I do? I, I Googled for how to get pregnant. Right. Right.
0: And this is a specialty, you know. Did it say that. <laughs> well, the, secret- I, I, it, it,
2: the, the thing that came back first yep. was uh, from babycenter.com mm. how to get pregnant fast. And a, Oh, hang on. It's now playing Drink a video. You can't juice. hear did this. it. Say that? Yeah. Well, the first one is see your healthcare provider. Well, and I thought, isn't that unethical? Aren't they meant to stay well clear of this activity? Unless you have not, a particularly not, fertile healthcare provider, I
0: suspect you're not like. Hang on, hang on, honey, hang on. You know, what well, you, yeah, yeah, I suspect that. But that's actually very good advice. That's far better than the advice Have a we
2: preconception checkup.
0: Yeah, so I'll tell you the sorts of things that we found. Okay. So one of the highlights for me was that it was we. So we looked on blogs and we looked on these baby people blogging about their babies and in fa- open Facebook groups where all these people are hanging out. Um. With that. People are the
2: worst. Don't ask people.
0: People, oh no, we wanted to ask people because they're the they they're the people that need the information. So we found I found this blog of this woman who said that you know she was gutted because she just read that the only that the best way to get pregnant was deep penetration in doggy style, followed by thirty minutes on
4: her back, right? Well, it sounds like- Not a handstand. Not a
2: handstand, but to shake it all
3: up. It's a classic, isn't it? A handstand. Yeah. Gravity, do the wall. Up,
4: feet up the wall.
0: Yeah. Yes. So she That's wrote not on th- this… Can, gl- I, can we just be clear?
2: That isn't a thing, is it?
0: The gravity thing? Yeah. Not a thing.
1: Right. Yeah. Good.
0: <laughs> so That's, this woman was gutted. She said, mind, I've only been conceiving in missionary for the last six months, trying to conceive in missionary, and was gutted and was looking for advice on how to safely get from doggy style to missionary without the sperm falling out. And so Uh, she thought that the reason that she wasn't conceiving and all these people were like, oh, just do it like this. Just get him to flip you over. just And I was just like, oh. And so she thought that she wasn't conceiving because she um, hadn't been having deeply penetrative sex in the doggy style.
2: And that comes back that the bloke's going to feel bad about too because he'll feel, oh, I'm not sufficiently penetrating my woman and in traditional blokey... The guy from the bar just walked in, giving you quite the look. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, I'll give him a bit of a look look later. (laughs) Deeply penetrative doggy style, yeah. (laughs) I I can see he's collecting the empties and and just leaving the room (laughs) as quickly as possible. Walk away,
3: walk away, young man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's all right, it's all right, we'll... We'll explain it later, or not.
3: Or or we won't,
2: yeah. Or we won't.
0: But, you know, there were, like, simple things like get more sunlight, get more sleep, be kinder to yourself. All of these, you know, there were a lot. There was lots. Everyone had a piece of advice, and I think anyone who knows anyone who's ever had a baby knows that everyone has a piece of advice for someone who's pregnant um you know like everyone or got a newborn everyone's a good piece of advice and this Let's stuff that, is and
2: that, what i love about that is I'm, I'm seeing new mothers getting advice from every mother on the planet plus every not woman who's not a mother yeah um because they were a baby themselves and therefore...
3: Yeah. yeah, and it's always anecdotal, isn't it? Well, this is what worked for me, or this is what worked for my sister-in-law who had yeah. the same thing. So it's, there's very little scientific... Well,
2: all women are, are basically the same anyway, aren't they? They just come out of a kind of mould and... Pretty much,
0: absolutely. <laughs>
2: no individuality whatsoever. But
0: I guess that what we learnt was that um, it's not... That people actually wanted to hear information from people they trusted and those people were not doctors and scientists if somebody had an issue with a baby screaming in the middle of the night because it was hungry or a breastfeeding issue they actually went to find people that looked exactly like them that had had a breastfeeding issue and hoped that this person would have the solution to their problem it's this thing in psychology called the lived experience it's this belief that if someone looks like you and they you know if they fit your you know they're you know they're like me they're 34 they're white they're kind of curvy or you know that's an underestimation but um you know uh, She's gorgeous if, by the way If this they, is, if, <laughs> they <laughs> if this <laughs> is actually a
2: very healthy woman across If here, they look probably, like yeah. me
0: that the Apart thing from that, the beer, maybe where the thing that yeah which is which we did not find in the in the fertility tips by the way although I have heard sorry that, is that
2: to drink beer or not drink
0: that beer? the secret to conception is gin I have heard that what well so, so what people say mothers ruin yeah so in another in another one of these in another one of these um you know pod, in another one of these little blob, baby blogs but. But yeah, people wanted advice from people they trusted and the people they trusted weren't people with information, weren't people with the right information, they were their mates. You know, they wanted to hear things from their friends that confirmed the way they were feeling and confirmed that everything was going to be okay and so that's where we're headed next. We're going to try and work out how we can get people to share accurate information, not just say the thing that worked for them but to, to not not... I don't want to use the word contaminate because these kinds of conversations are incredibly important and the relationships between people are the secret to getting the right information out. But actually saying, oh, well, you know, it's not that this happened to me, but actually I read this thing, you know, one day hopefully we can say, I read this peer-reviewed piece of information – (laughs) <laughs> which will never happen, but yeah.
1: but actually to dream spread, on, to, lady, you know, to spread
0: accurate information and accessible information, and that was the other thing that people went looking for stuff, and everything was firewalled. So you know, even if you'd wanted to to Google, you know, or to go to PubMed, which is where nerdy nerdy scientists like me find information that people, other people have things of other people have done, it's all blocked by, you know, by, pay, by having to pay for information. And the average punter doesn't have a strategy to access genuine quality information. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we found. One, that they're not super keen to do that. But two, if they were, if they really wanted to upskill themselves and to improve their literacy in a space, they just can't do it.
2: The first two things on uh, BabyCenter.com about how to get pregnant fast because there's a sense of urgency here, which
3: well, that's driven, isn't it, by the media? There's the whole, ladies, you've got a deadline. you've yeah, got to get up there; it'll be too late. There's these graphs, you know. I, I...
2: It is a thing. I mean, men can oh, it keep is... going it's... forever well, with that's this. Not stuff. a thing.
0: That's, oh. Let's stop perpetuating that. Oh, okay, thing.
2: okay. What have I? Please fill me in.
0: Well, yes, you have sperm forever, but yeah. I think that the very, you know, it's 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 not perhaps a secret now that scientists there's lots of evidence to support that. The reasons we're seeing increased. Perhaps autism spectrum and lots of other some genetic forms of these things are because people are leaving their swimmers too old. You know, we mm. the the thing is so women. So make- this is
2: the thing because. No, it was just the women's fault. The woman's well, fault because it's eggs, but men last forever. That's, well, yeah. that's look, not, I, I now suddenly realise where this has come from. Yeah, right. Yes, yeah. it's a
0: feminist movement to make you all feel bad about yourself. <laughs> no, Look, the reality is that 50% of infertility comes from men, right?
4: Only You're, 50? I thought it was... Hard. Well, you
0: know, there's the 50% that's genuinely men and there's the other like 25 to 40 where we just don't want to have sex with you. But... Um, <laughs> You know, it that
2: low. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, it just goes to 90. There's some people that are still keen on it. Um, <laughs> but, you, you know, I think that, that the blame... You know, it's it's the same with miscarriage, right? You know, we have these conversations about a woman losing a baby. You know, this is the... Yeah, the like she
3: got,
0: forget Like, like she, she looked for it and she couldn't find it, therefore she lost it. Mm. You know, we never say, congratulations, you had a miscarriage, despite the fact that women who have a miscarriage, it's their, in general, we think as scientists, that it's their body actually making a really responsible decision. Mm. It's a very difficult conversation to have with someone who's, has this thing coming? You know, they or you know a, preg- an, a pregnancy loss, a, an early one or a late one. You know, you can't say, "Hey, congratulations! Your body made a responsible decision." But the reality something
2: is, something was going wrong, mm, and therefore, yeah,
0: you know, they their their body made a yeah, decision it wasn't that viable, says, so. "Yeah, this this wasn't working out for you." You know, there's a good reason. It's we so as scientists, we don't think that the body just chucks away a great baby because, you know, for the fun of it. It's actually, you know part of something that happens, but pregnancy loss also happens to one in three couples in their lifetime. So we're not talking about something that's abnormal. Like it's actually as common as conceiving on at the right time the first time. You know, it's more common wow. than that.
3: It is, but it's seen as a failure on the part of the woman. Yeah. She and becomes, you know, subject of pity and the shame and the, you know, that's why we don't tell anyone but that women also, don't to say they're pregnant. Yeah, and, you know, so we've also milestone.
0: been working in a space where we're keen to say – Maybe we should talk about it in case a bad thing happens, not not talk about it in case a bad thing happens. You know, should we, we should we normalise these things? I know, we I'm are sorry, so look, far I'm, behind the pace. No, no, no. We've I'm not, gone from vaginal microbiome to pregnancy loss and I know that this is a very big space to span, but it's really all about conversation. You know, it's all about talking about these things well before you're ready to talk about them. You know, fertility is a conversation, you know, starting a family, you know, you don't want to be like, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right. Do you want to have a baby? You know, it's not... It's 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 you know That's I think so
2: gonna be a, that, that is a thing though, and we're gonna see that if we start seeing uh more genetic material for sale. And,
3: well, in, well not we've in had Australia, sperm but... shortages here, right? Wow well. because of the threat that men wait, will now wait, wait what? Yeah, we got down to like eight guys donating sperm at once one. one Why sperm shortage? She doesn't mean
0: that men don't no, 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 no. Yeah,
3: no, I, yeah, I yeah. That, yeah. Oh, that yeah. wasn't happening. And I it's mean, not about short guys either. No, it was actually like no one, no one was donating because they were looking at changing the laws so that the everybody kids knew. could actually fight. Yeah. So now we've got this really interesting problem where uh,
2: – can, can I say that's actually frightening because it means that we're going to get
3: – Incest. A... Oh, is that not where you were going?
2: No. <laughs> okay. That, so, that was not well, where I, love, I was that's going. That's where you
3: jumped in yeah. because yeah. that's my but, concern also. But
2: <laughs> my concern – well, I suppose it's the related concern. It was that, hang on, we're suddenly getting all these kids with genetically the same yeah. father. Yes,
3: yes. yes. And so it happens with lesbians like, here I mean, in South Australia where completely without thinking about the unintended consequences – See, if it was gifted in
2: Sicily, you're yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, That's yeah. very
3: South Australian. That's terrible joke, oh. Shepherd. Shut. We'll wipe that one out. Tasmanian. Tasmanian. There is a situation where.
2: Definitely edit that one out.
3: There is a situation where a man in South Australia had donated sperm. I think it was almost all to lesbian women. It was outside the, um, you know, the official system without thinking about the fact that then there's going to be this whole generation of half-brothers and sisters in a town like Adelaide um, where they're quite likely to meet each other. Um, and, you know, you're 18, you're down Hindley Street. There is there is also a thing I learned about recently where there is a thing about being attracted to people who look like you. So, yes.
2: yeah. Yeah, that... that, that- I find very creepy, mm. to be honest, because you see all these couples who are identical, particularly uh, gay male couples. Couples in Sydney, and it's like, sorry, are you two twins yeah. or are you a couple? It's really,
3: yeah, it makes it more likely that you, you're possibly both. You're yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> but there is a, <laughs>
0: there's good news on that front, right? So one one of the amazing things that the that the weather government did was to. See a huge change in access to fertility care for the LGBTI community, making yeah. it legal in some or most cases supported by Medicare, which means that we don't that there are there there have been changes in accessibility, there are now there's now access to international donors, there are lots of you know since March last year there are lots of there are much better strategies for accessing health care, which was a limitation in South Australia. Until very recently, but now I think we're you know we're moving in a direction where we don't have to worry so much about those things because healthcare is more accessible in South Australia.
2: I'm going to open this up more broadly now because this fits into one of the questions that uh, I was sent in uh, from Wild W Y L D, who runs Wild.TV. TV. He's he's one of those professional streamer guys, and he says. How do we not so much change the world because fucking really – I mean, how do we change those around us to change the world because the world is uh, not people, it's people at scale? And this is part of that. We're seeing uh, changes in attitude – a more conservative view flooding through the world at the moment. And there's certainly many people out there, I think, who feel that many of the great breakthroughs of the 60s, 70s, perhaps 80s, are now being wound back. Uh, I mean, I'm of a certain age where multiculturalism was a thing that the government promoted and said, hey, there's people from a lot of backgrounds in Australia, you need to realise that and not be such of a cunt to other people. Um, and sheep? See- no, no, no. <laughs> that
3: seven-second <laughs> delay is
2: killer. It's- we're okay. It's that sort of podcast. Uh, but we really are seeing, I think, less tolerance of diversity. Um, the reactions to the uh, same-sex marriage debate, I think, were part of that, that it wasn't seen – I mean, if you did that in the late 1970s, it would have been seen as a straightforward thing to do. It may not have been necessarily as successful as a vote, but no one – would have argued that you shouldn't even ask this as a question. Where am I going with it? What's Wilde's question? Well, Wilde what the hell like do we do? What the like hell a do we do? Pyramid scheme
3: for progression, like not just you know what we individually do but that we pass down to more people.
2: Well, he was, I suppose. He's about saying, yeah, we don't really need to change just one person. We mm. need to change people at scale. The world is a big place.
4: Well, that's what struck me about what Hannah was saying in terms of the uh, people accessing information in relation to fertility, and they sort out ignorant people who look like themselves, mm. uh, which is which is more or less the system we had until the internet, which is that you, just, <laughs> you just you just ask your friends.
0: Yeah, but now you can do it in the middle of the night, right? You can do it in the so middle of the night, and you, the, and the ignorant
4: person can be in Texas.
0: Yeah, when you're when you're breastfeeding in the middle of the night and your baby is screaming, you can just whip and instant message to someone and they say oh yeah it's normal and you get it's the self-gratification thing it's the millennial self-gratification that you i say millennial because i'm i think there's like a new generation that made me not one anymore um (laughs) 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 but that where where you have to have everything instantly right and and so people have access to that now and you can't call your doctor at 2am you know they're not you can't actually call them they don't you call, you get someone, they say, we'll call you back. They don't call you back. But you call your friend and say, oh, this thing happened to me. And your friend says, oh, yeah, yeah, that happened to me too. It'll stop in two days. And you're like, great, it's going to stop in two days. And you've got this self-belief that this you've got a solution to your problem. And that's kind of what the internet is, right? You know, it's just everybody looking for an easy solution. You know, they're looking for the answer that they want. And the internet helps you find that. In fact, I think psychology says people will keep looking for information until they find something that fits within the social constraints of the thing they believe in. So, you know, people now have a strategy for looking for information that supports exactly what they're thinking and they might have to ignore 40 things that come to them before that to find the piece of fake news that tells them
1: that they're right. It's such murky waters though, isn't it? Because the internet is such a beast Um, and it's easy to forget that not everybody is discerning. So, Everybody is is jumping on Google to search for whatever it is they're looking for. Um, and Don't look at my search. <laughs> <'cause that's, laughs> and if you're or just learning you'd know that. Okay, I'm looking at university reports. This is um, a reputable source of information. But um, as opposed you know, to we, real
2: life mums dot. Yeah,
1: yeah we or have tips t- t- on <laughs> Twitter to say this is you know this is the real person. We have um, you know. Ticks on uh, anything that we're buying on at the supermarket to say this you can you can trust this product generally, um, but on the internet I don't know maybe there needs to be some higher regulation of there this stuff. There is
3: actually a thing that I met a guy who developed a thing called Robata, and it's an ex- whatever you call it, it's an extension to your browser. So let's say you um, you are reading. Oh, you know, Peter Dutton's written something about why white South African farmers are more deserving of asylum seekers uh, status than you know, the to Rohingya pick a or whatever. Hypothetically just, example. Just, hypothetically yeah. at just to random. pick a random yeah, racist yeah. comment that was
0: made in the media, you know. right?
3: And so, what he had designed was this thing that would go, "Hey, dig it." You're reading something that just might be a little bit bullshit, um, but luckily
2: I'm, I'm liking heydickhead.com liking <laughs> Yeah, dot right? com, yeah, yeah.
3: um, and then it says you might also want to look at X Y and Z. So I mean, that's you could, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So rebutter R B U T R. I don't I don't even know if it's still going. I need but, to market it. Hey Dickhead. Yeah, I hey, dickhead. think that would connect <laughs> with people because. When I was talking to him about it, and this was a couple of years ago now at a sceptics conference, he was saying he's really worried that actually people don't want that. They don't want their beliefs challenged. They want to, you know, they phrase their Google search in a way that finds them the answers they were already, you know, hoping were going to be the case. Like, it's fine to keep smoking. It's actually, you know, increases your lung capacity or whatever. Well, if you look for long enough, you'll find that somewhere. And the challenge...
0: Or if you type that specific thing in, right, you know, you say, you know... Smoking does not cause lung cancer. The first thing that turns up is something that supports that. It's a that's smoking how pride
3: festival, actually. Not that I was looking up that particular thing, yeah. but anyway. But that's how that's how this is. The, this is
2: the danger of being a journalist, though, isn't it? You, your your curiosity takes you down rabbit holes,
0: yeah, yeah, and you end up in, in these. And scientists have the same yeah. thing. Yeah, we're, we're
2: all into that. You know, I'll uh, be
0: googling vaginal microbiome, and the next thing you know, I find myself at. Was MH370 a hoax? You know, I yeah. managed to...
3: <laughs> and then your Facebook ads get really fucking weird. Yeah, I know. <laughs> is,
2: is, is, that be, is that because the pilots of Vaginal Biome broke loose and killed everyone on the aircraft? just never
0: know. I feel like if I was... If if I'd come up with that concept that maybe He's I'd take late. a plane down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. You know, but back
2: to the yeasty boys.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. But even for scientists who go through rigorous training to make sure that they're capable of discerning fact from fiction, or to we don't really do that, but we build Notice a case that. around evidence, right? Notice it's all that, about people? evidence. She
2: just she just confirmed that science is not about facts.
0: Not. It's about evidence. Um, oh. oh, it's not about truths. It's about evidence. Um, is what I tell my science and society students. Um, but the reality is, even for experienced people, it's fucking hard to work out what's fact and what's fiction. Oh, yeah. Because everybody, you know, in the world of, you know, creating your own media and creating your own conversations online, anyone can put anything up. Like a a really good example is someone said, oh, you know, I saw this thing from the Flat Earthers. And I was like, oh, yeah. They're like, no, you need to check it out because you won't be able to discern whether this is legit or not. And so I did, right? I went to YouTube. I checked out some flat earthers. I laughed at the fact that they said people around the world support this, you know. All (laughs) around the globe. globe,
5: All (laughs) around the globe. People are getting behind (laughs) this. And I was like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then all of a sudden that, you know, that became very popular too. But the reality is that, you know, you can construct enough evidence when you look on the internet to believe in anything and people, you know. We, we don't tr- teach critical thinking, you know, we we have, you know, and maybe this is the solution to, you know, upskilling everybody is that actually critically critical thinking and being able to discern these things and being able to form an opinion based on evidence and being able to work out what evidence is, is perhaps the solution, you know. So I even find it difficult, you know, I'll look at a journal and I then I have to say, is this real or did they pay to publish this? You know, that's where we've got in science is that it's not just as simple as did they do amazing research that's peer-reviewed and put this online or did they just pay $10,000 to put this online? And, you know, so it's even for the brightest minds, it's bloody hard to get through the facts.
4: Yeah, I can say as a, as a parent about 20% of my job is, is repeating over and over and over again and what is the evidence for that statement you've just made? Yeah. And trying to drill that into my kids is a question they need to be asking at every single point. Your kids oh, are going to hate you. Oh, of course. Well, I'd be I failing. I think I've I'd be your... failing in my job if they didn't. But when you?
0: they finish their university degree, if they want to do a PhD with me, you just
3: let them know. I will yeah. let them know. <laughs> Carl Sagan Can always I just... talked about baloney detection kits. Yeah. Like this is oh, yes. this is what we need to equip This is Carl Sagan's yeah. work. Yeah. Well,
2: I'll put a link on the podcast web page to that. Nicholas, I will say that one of the most disturbing things that happened to me in recent years is when I caught up with you for the first time in quite some years, and you had your two offspring with you, and the oldest of your two sons came up to me and said, Hi still, Nick's told us all about you. Yes, well, yeah.
4: not, not all, obviously. <laughs> well, yes. Some, yes. Of it, some of it has been deemed age-inappropriate. but Yes, it is very inappropriate <laughs> he can, he can for get lads it. of that young age. He can get it in due course. Just to drag back a second I'm to, to Hannah's conversation, I was absolutely fascinated by, by some of the consequences of this and particularly because of the near ubiquity now of the incident as a primary medical resource, you know, it's, it's whom we all check. And I'm wondering whether, we're, whether we are starting to see, I mean, presumably we are in, in things like the anti-vaccine movement, but I'm wondering if there are any other uh, public health and or epidemiological sort of consequences of that that we are starting to see as a result of, you know, Dr. Google being our first port of the, call the anti- for everybody.
3: Riders, I'd add to the anti-vaxxers, they're two, two of the worst. They're probably most... A lot of people, if you're one, you're likely to be the other, I think. And that keeps coming back up. I think Queensland goes council by council on the fluoride. I don't even know how that works. But I think the biggest concern is that no matter what you Google,
0: you have cancer, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like...
3: I'm not
4: having, sure that wasn't true before before Google actually. No, 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 no.
0: <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it's one in three, right? So one in three you have cancer, one in three you have a pregnancy loss, one in six you're infertile. Yeah. You know, it's it's you know, it's a matter of numbers, but I, I I think we're seeing across the board, you know, all of the the stuff which floats to the top for every health thing is bad. And I think we're seeing I think there's some good evidence we're seeing bad stuff float to the top in the mental health space. Although I think that that's the space in across the board in health where we are doing the best. Australia are really leading the way in the mental health space in terms of getting accurate information, having it accessible, having it you know having specific strategies to target it to youth, to target it to men. You know I think we're doing really well in that space, but the the shit continues to float to the top. You know if they say that. You can't polish a turd, but you can roll it in glitter, and that's what happens with with health stuff. the The health messages that people want to believe in, because of, you know, obviously, the, the changes that you need to stop yourself from being infertile are bloody hard ones to change. Right? You're old, which you can't reverse, or you're in re- the the most common causes of infertility are being old and being in poor shape. Being in poor shape, everyone's still looking for a solution to that. Big Pharma is still continuously looking for some kind of pill that will make you slimmer and less diabetic. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's actually a really, really hard thing to wind back. So people see that, then they look for something else and they find the thing that says, oh, you need to be in the sun more often or you need to conceive in doggy style. And the more you... The more you search that, the more common that thing becomes and the more it hits the top and then all of a sudden everyone's finding information that's crap.
4: And we see a spike in melanoma rates.
0: Correct. You know, you know I think, you know, that the, the, sun, the sunshine thing's probably, you know, the, the, is there a direct link between sunshine and fertility? No. If you feel better about yourself and, you know, that there are some strong links between, you know, mental health and... You know, well-being and fertility. So maybe the the connections are you know are a long way between, but maybe they're real. But you know, standing in the sun will cause, cause improve your fertility. Unfortunately, not.
2: Now I think we're probably neglecting Katie here. But before I come to you, Katie, for some other kind of question, which I'll think of while I'm quick. Don't ask doing me this. about
1: fertility. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, well, okay, uh, that, that's probably <laughs> you can. Good. That's I'll okay. Get, I'll get the <laughs> I'll get the fertility things out of the way quickly. Hannah, this wonderful site that I found before. Mm. Quick yes or no answer. On these things, uh, your partner should ejaculate at least once in the days just before your most fertile period to clear out the dead sperm in his It's like A seat.
3: colostrum argument or something, right? Oh, look,
4: um, yes or no? Uh, well, yes, yes, uh, obviously. But whether, <laughs> whether or not it's you should ejaculate every day, just because it's fun. <laughs>
3: yeah,
4: yeah that's look, right. I, I, Precisely. I
0: think it's it's a it's a tough question. Um, having ma- <laughs> uh,
5: yeah, I, masturbating to twi- not that. having
0: done it myself. Well, that one time, no sorry. sperm take the sperm take ninety days to grow, so they do float along the tract for a while. The male tract's called the epididymis; they do float along there for a while. Um, a couple of days before, you should probably ejaculate, and then maybe the day before your most fertile day. But actually, ninety nine percent of the world doesn't know the day that they're most fertile. So
2: that was my next question because mm. one of the points of this piece was figure out when you ov- ovulate. I would have thought. Isn't this a thing women would? Do
0: you know when you're ovulating? You know, I actually had a conversation with with Tim Noonan. Let
2: me just say, (laughs) Google it. It is unlikely that I'm going to ovulate.
0: Yeah, but so of the this
4: website, I think (laughs) think you're wrong.
0: (laughs) Look, there there are there are some really good. I guess that's the good news is that there are some really good ways to know when you're ovulating. You can. That was that was my point. Aren't
2: I mean, I'm not a woman, as you may have noticed, but noticed, yeah. aren't, thank you. Yeah. Aren't, aren't there like specific things you would notice through the course of the month well, as the cycle progresses? Are
0: you not period? Yeah. I don't have to Well, it's before
5: that. It's before
1: period. So yeah.
2: period is after, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? I, know that, all, I no. know that much. I do know that much. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried to a bit. Before is what we're talking
3: about. Yeah. That's the Well, bit. I mean, people use pretty finely tuned thermometers to try and work it out, right? Thermometers
0: and they they monitor their cervical mucus. You know, these are things oh, that, that we that don't.
3: That sounds like an awesome time. <laughs>
4: Depends if you're making yoga
1: so, or not. Yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> right, exactly.
3: And we're back. But. <laughs>
5: right.
0: Ovulation happens on the inside, right? There's not some kind of watch where you <laughs> that's just probably the best place. You don't are unless
2: <laughs> unless you're a fish. Don't
0: well frogs like to shoot frogs those should, things they out all the, the time. Okay, yeah, yeah. But there's not some kind of magic <laughs> app that's like, hey, it's time. A timer, you a little yeah, like, yeah. like yeah, you know. There, okay, so, so that thing ways. in that
2: new series starring um, um, David Mitchell is and. Robert Webb is wrong. Oh,
0: I don't know what that is, but there's an Okay, or, yeah, know, there, 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 was, there was a thing
2: where it, it? he was having a conversation in a pub, in a pub with his ex yeah. and suddenly sort of her app went bleep, 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 and she's, oh, no, we've got to go. Me and my new boyfriend have to have sex like now.
0: Yeah, and look, there's... That's not a thing? No, no, there are those things and they're based on lots of physiological <laughs> yeah, yeah. things. Okay, like, there's, an there's an a difference between flow. it being a
2: thing and being a bullshit thing is it
0: it's not a bullshit thing so if you okay. monitor temperature and you monitor cervical mucus two things that are pretty free and there are there are lots of things you can buy in the chemistry you, you monitor cervical
2: stick? mucus with your smartphone should i not even think of? should, should i, I think not ask move on move on okay thank
0: you <laughs> yeah um, but but the re, you know the reality is that there, there are lots of things but some of them are quite expensive too you know you can buy a kit that that looks at the hormones that peak just before your egg bursts out of the ovary ready to meet the sperm. It's like 60 bucks. So every month, in addition to the tampon tax and the habit... It's to, I-
3: cheaper than IVF though, right?
0: Yeah, it's cheaper than the $10,000 out-of-pocket you might be for IVF. <laughs> but, you know, the, the it, it
2: takes... It's not the same thing, is it? It's not but it also help. takes
0: a genius to work through the stuff, you know, to, to pick which app is accurate. You know, I saw a pregnancy app recently that said... That your baby should you should feel less movements in the third trimester because the baby's cramped in the in the space that it's in. And actually, like so people are paying to download these apps because they want to know what's going on and they want to find the right information.
2: Hands up, miss. Even as a gay male, that sounds bullshit to me.
0: Less movements is associated with stillbirth. So people are paying for information that they trust and have no like they've paid for this. They bought an app that cost them 9.95 9.95 that told them that their baby was a rock melon in week 40, no, you know, week 30, you know, oh, it's a cherry in week 8 and it's a rock melon in week 30, um, that says you might expect your baby to move less. Actually, the rest of us, you know, the, 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 the people that work in this space say, you know, that's a sign of pregnancy loss. Like, you feel your baby move less you should get your ass to the hospital. And so people cannot find their way through the right information. And it's, I'm certain it's not unique to women's health. You know, I only look in women's health, but I know it's not unique to women's health. You know, it's not something where, you know, I've just looked here and found it, but you could look in mental health, in cancer treatment. You know, there's, everyone wants to believe that yeah, fucking be- cumin will, you know, everyone's like, oh, curcumin and, and turmeric, that's going to cure my cancer. Yeah. Like, nuts nah- of
3: vitamin C, yeah. ozone therapy, yeah. You know, mm.
0: but but people look for things. They everyone wants something to believe in. You know, and science is one of those things. But it's that they don't have the skills to find it.
1: I think conversations like this are so important because I'm in that. I was about camp. to say,
2: Katie. I'm leaving you out here. So I'm being very your...
1: quiet because I'm in that. That I don't know whether it's a rare camp, but I'm in that camp where. I'm one of these women who would do anything in my power not to get pregnant. and it's I'm a in really, the deliberately barren yeah, camp too, It's Katie. a really okay. – it's a hard one to talk about because there are people who are doing everything in their power to get pregnant. Yep. And I certainly haven't written about it because um, it's a trigger for a lot of people for sadness, but that's my life choice and my partner's life choice.
2: Can I ask – I want to explore that. Mm. The pressure on women from relatives, particularly oh. older female relatives, to – are you going to start a family yet? That must be a thing.
1: Now I'm the black sheep. I have two sisters who all they want to do is have all the babies. So
2: they're just yeah. pushing them. They're just pushing yeah. them out.
1: I'm going to be a super auntie. But conversations like these are so important because you you can't not talk about something just because it's not your chosen path in life. And if I if my niece comes to me one day, or if my friends are getting pregnant, um, I don't have that background knowledge because it's kind of almost a taboo topic and I think we should be talking about this stuff as you are. I watched a movie the other day called um, The Art of Loving which is based on a, a book from the 70s and a Doctor Who. Um, it was all about uh, sexual a health. Doctor Who episode. No, 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 Doctor. <laughs> it was a doctor. A female doctor in the 70s um, who was all about educating. It was it was about women and men enjoying sex and it being more than just a bam, bam thank you ma'am, we're going to have a baby now. Um, and it was really interesting. Because think... it was in
2: the 1970s that we discovered women were allowed to enjoy sex. Yeah, think, it was all about Mm-hmm. I
1: think there's still some people struggling with that.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah.
1: But, you know, orgasms are great. Have as many as you can. It doesn't have to end in a baby. Um, but we should be sitting around. with are not linked to making one, despite all of the stories. Do people believe that
0: it is? Yes. Well, here Everybody we go. Everybody thinks that the orgasm
3: helps the sperm climb up the tract. Like, nah. Some people even think you should orgasm at childbirth, and that that shows that you've really embraced the concept. And I just think it's crossing a... Uh, mm, If you
1: don't stab someone at childbirth, you've probably (laughs) (laughs) probably won, right? But these are the conversations that maybe not to this level that should be happening around the dining tables. I don't even know if people sit around dining tables, families sit around dining tables anymore, but that was – always part of our childhood is we sat around the table, we had dinner or breakfast and we talked to mum and dad, maybe not on this level, but I think there's a lot of that being (laughs) lost. And that's the
2: problem, right? Yeah,
1: people are not talking face-to-face to to each other in their own families, let alone their community anymore um, and it's a big problem. And I think if we had a way to wipe out that when are you going to start
0: a family question because not only is there a huge population, actually a lot of my friends making these active decisions that – there are things that they want more than a family, but also for every Mother's Day and Father's Day that rolls around when these people that are struggling to start a family mm. get faced with the mm-hmm. you know, so you know, there's the camp of people that are not super phased by starting a family and then there's the you know, and there's the camp that have decided that it's not the thing that they want, but there's also the camp that are that are doing everything that they can and haven't told anyone. And, that, you know, these people get questioned all the time, you know, when are you going to start a family? What are you waiting for, you know? And these people are suffering, you know. everybody. I mean, everybody's suffering. I've, you know, I have a really good, close colleague that I work with who, you know, is in the same boat has decided that, they you know, kids are not the thing that they want, that they love each other very much and that they, they love holidays and that there are lots of things that are more important to them. And they constantly get that, when are you going to start a family? Why haven't you had kids yet? When are you going to have kids? What are you going to call them? And, you know, I think it's a conversation more broadly about, you know, when are we going to stop thinking that that's the only thing, you know? Yeah, and
3: maybe think about it is in the same camp as the are you pregnant question. Yeah. You want to be really fucking sure yeah. about who you're talking like, to unless you ask unless that question. And unless there's a head coming out, you shouldn't ask that question. Yeah. And maybe. And with the pregnant. when are you having fam? Make sure that you don't know that they yeah, haven't like, just had, you know, 13 miscarriages and, you know. Yeah, you know, 13 dozens.
2: is a lot. Th-
0: 13 is common. Yeah. So. What? You know, they're, they're,
2: oh, okay. You
0: know, well, so pregnancy loss happens. Maybe it happens that, to one in three couples and one in four pregnancies. There yeah. are a someone lot to
2: have, of have p- multiple ones means they're going through years in a row. Yeah,
5: mm. so there are stories. That they're, they're traumatized.
3: So if you yeah. ask yeah, yeah, them yeah, yeah, when are having a kid? You know, imagine the impact on them. Of you know, that question.
0: maybe we, the question needs to be: What are you passionate about? You know, yeah. what are you excited about in your future? You know, not necessarily. When are you going to have kids, you know? And, you know, and it's applicable to the LGBTI community too, you know, like when are you having kids, like uh, when it's legal, you know, like
1: <laughs> <laughs> that yeah.
0: I know, I when, when Medicare will pay for it, having... you know. It's, uh. it's a, you know, and but until very recently also you couldn't be a single person and access fertility care. And I think this is a huge thing for men too, right? Maybe we should we should talk about a piece on this too that, that actually like, men don't even have a way to make a baby for themselves in their late 30s if they want one, you know, they can't just be like, oh, just accidentally get knocked up at the pub, like that's not a thing, you know like it's, you know these conversations exist but they don't actually even have a way to accidentally get pregnant, you know, if they really want a baby how do you accidentally get one if you can't carry one, you know, I think that there are lots of conversations that stem all the way from sort of sexual health all the way through to fertility that are you know, they're very difficult to have. They make people feel uncomfortable, but it doesn't mean we don't have to have them.
2: We have gone way over time and yet there's still some things that are on our list to talk about. Should we take a break now, have a drink, and come back or keep going?
3: Um, okay, so this deliberately barren woman really has to get to her niece's birthday because <laughs> I've been very negligent. So I. So shall we just say thank you, Tori Shepard, for coming today. Maybe I just I was gonna I was gonna say I might have to abort, but that would be a bad joke, oh, bad joke. So I, I won't the say abort that. Joke yeah, earlier. yeah. Oh, uh, a round back. of applause Heavy for Tori <laughs>
2: Shepard from the tiser, Uh aborting us to go and talk to go to a five-year-old's wedding. We will be back a in a moment with recharged <laughs> drinks. Thank you, everyone. One day
5: it'll be a thing.
2: Oh, you're still with us, are you? Well, congratulations! Uh, thank you for making it uh, more than one and uh, more than seventy five percent of the way through the podcast. Uh, at this point, uh, an apology and some news. The apology first to both DK and uh, Johan David, because because uh, somehow the c- trigger words that you had chosen did not end up in the beer jug of integrity and we didn't actually ask them on the day. I don't know how that happened. My deepest apologies. Uh, we will make sure that you get some trigger words into the, the next forum podcast uh, to make up for that. Maybe some extra trigger words. Uh, The news, the good news, is that while I was in Adelaide, I recorded a second podcast. I went down to Flinders University and had a long and fun chat with Dr Space Junk herself, Dr Alice Gorman, a space archaeologist from Flinders University, as I said, that's where we went down and uh, recorded, and we spoke about all manner of things to do with the early space program, uh, its role in politics and society at the time. And a whole bunch of personal memories. So that will be coming up uh, on the pod in just a few days. A special long-form interview with Dr. Alice Gorman. Uh, It's something I hope to do a bit more of in the future, but I'll tell you more about that anon. And obviously, uh, if you want that to... uh to happen more often in the future, you should go over to stillder- stillgerian.com slash tip and chuck some money into the tip jar. But back to the Wheat Sheaf Hotel in Theberton in Adelaide for the last 20 minutes or so of this interminable fucking podcast. You are listening to the 9pm Hometown... Forum recorded live at the Witshift Hotel in Theberton in Adelaide. Tori Shepherd has run away to go on to the birthday party of a five-year-old, which is excellent, but we are still here with Nicholas Fryer, Katie Spear and Hannah Brown. Round of applause for our panel for staying with us this long.
0: Sadly, I think she's Katie Spain, though.
2: What did I say? Spear,
0: Spear. very kind close of though.
1: It. <laughs> I can. Yeah. I can work with that. That's okay. Oh,
2: yeah, it sounds kind of powerful. I do know someone with the surname a surname Spear with a name similar to Katie, which I know.
1: Spain's bloody good though. Spain like Spain the country. Spain is good. I, I always say, especially over the phone, Spain like the country because if they put a T in, which they often do, it's not so. It's yeah. not so nice. Yeah, but I, you know what I get. Like like brown, like the color,
0: like does it have an e, I'm like mate, if it had an e, I'd tell you it had an e, you know it's like brown with an e like <laughs> uh, how many yeah, times that's an, you've, that's an adult I mean how given. many times you saw brown with an e, you know like. <laughs> Like no, like brown, like four, five, six pages of people in the in the in the uh, white pages. You know, it is one of the most <laughs> me common and everyone surnames, else. Yeah. yeah,
2: most common surnames. Yeah. Look, I am looking back at uh, our list of things that we need to get through uh, in this podcast, and it's it's quite a lot. I have one forum question left, uh, and we have uh, two rounds of. Uh, Two rounds of uh, trigger words from the uh, uh, beer jug of integrity. Uh, let's go around there. Hannah, would you please Absolutely. choose a word, Katie?
1: I don't think any beer jug is associated Nicholas with integrity. Is it? Know, like no, no. A <laughs> Jug of this non-integrity,
0: not integrity, ear integrity.
2: No, no, no. The keywords, keywords that imply integrity: jug, yeah, and platter, integrity, platter, platter they imply of integrity, food. yeah. All the food in. I'm the
0: like jug of seven dollar illusions at Mansions when I was eighteen. You know, like, <laughs> Did you go to the
1: planet?
2: I love. I, I, love, <laughs> so I love the pause before you said eighteen. Yeah, too. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I went to that no because you know my mum was here before but she left so it's like jug of illusions when you were sixteen at Mansions and you know then or the like the jug of that rainbow fruit tingle thing that you drank at the planet when then then you had to get into the. The boys' toilet line because the girls' one was too long. Anyway, back to my word. <laughs> yeah, we yes. had the same youth. <laughs> I suspect we were the same youth.
1: We probably were. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, Hannah, thank you. Yes, your trigger word is from?
0: It's from Mark Newton. Hi, Mark Newton. Who's Mark Newton? Uh, Mark Newton's word is crunch. Crunch.
2: I wonder if he's referring to the friend of ours whose nickname is Crunch. Hi, <laughs> oh, a John Lindsay. Here. And no, John Lindsay in the audience knows who we mean. <laughs> I, I, I feel almost entire. Uh, I, I feel I need to tell the laptop anecdote. I'm I'm getting a nod from the audience. Crunch, crunch is another systems engineer, a security engineer that we know. His his boss said at this organisation, "No new laptop for you, Crispin, Oh, Crunch. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Crunch." Who's Chris just, just Tristan, Crispin? Just Crispin. Crispin. No it. new laptop for you, Crunch. Why, he says, because you're a cunt, <gasps> says the boss. <laughs> so now within this group of people, the phrase, no laptop for you. <laughs>
0: and just like is- that, the lesbians were offended. I'm very sorry because it's quite an offensive term.
2: I think what's probably more offensive is actually out in the front bar. Yeah. There is a gathering and get together of transgender women.
0: Awesome! Right now, uh, right now, I mean, right I'm now. Good. I'm going. I'm see you, ya. Ya. <laughs> see <ya.
5: laughs>
2: <laughs> you. We're having a, like a fantastic get together and drinks, but it's like, oh, this is a fraught topic. Anyway, let's move on. Move on. Okay, sorry. Uh, what was the word? Crunch. Yep. <laughs> sorry, Crunch.
1: Katie. <laughs> um, mine is from Frank. <laughs> Filliponi again, yes. Word. And uh, this is <laughs> beetroot
4: crunch. Beetroot, <laughs> crunch. Nicholas. Mine. It seems somehow appropriate that mine is from anon. It's Facebook. Oh, uh, shall we dispose with crunch?
2: I think I've. I think I've done crunch. I think I've. That's done. Beetroot. Round the table. Yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, Hamburger I d- has to contain beetroot. Yes it, or no?
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. No. If it's got egg on it, I think. No way. Uh,
2: no, you're
0: not from here. Can, mommy, can,
2: can, right? not, yeah, can I just say... Sorry, uh, blow can in. We, can we... Is there a microphone on the end of this table? <laughs> just cut it. This is Sebastian. This is Nicholas's uh, youngest son. Why no beetroot on a hamburger? Uh,
5: because I think it's totally just wrong.
2: Why is it wrong?
5: <laughs> because beetroot... It's beetroot. It (laughs) doesn't belong on a hamburger. Do you think that
0: it tastes like
5: dirt?
0: No. Oh, because people tell me, oh, that's disgusting. That tastes like dirt. And I'm like... That tastes like an orgasm on a burger. Oh, shit. <laughs> a sorry, vegetable. I, you,
2: you're not allowed to talk about orgasms to young men of well, this look, age. I
0: realised that he fine. just sat there. He just okay? sat fine. He just sat there it's through okay. the C word, so I think that we're, oh, okay. Okay. So think that we're oh, okay. Sorry, yes. The
1: yes. O word sorry, is fine. Sorry
2: for the language. <laughs> That's fine.
1: He's got this. He's fine. Yeah. He's got it covered. Don't worry. He's sick okay. and he's killing That's it. My, this um, is the future and I'm happy yeah, to see
5: too. this.
2: Okay, so, so is beetroot any good at all? It's all
5: right. Do you like it roasted? Roasted. Never tried it roasted. Okay.
0: Well, you can come to my house and I'll give it to you. No, on a burger. Oh God, I'm so disappointed. Okay.
2: So, what's your favourite food? I don't know. Don't shrug your shoulders, us. <laughs> You've got an opinion. Give your opinion, young man. Has <laughs> your father taught you nothing about standing up for yourself and having an opinion? Nick. Pizza. <laughs> pizza or chicken nuggets?
5: <laughs> no pizza.
2: Pizza. That's a good call. Okay. Good call. Thank you, Sebastian. You better put that microphone down because we're probably breaking all sorts of <laughs> child safety laws at the moment by involving you in this conversation. Thanks, mate.
4: Um, where were we? We were, we've, okay, that's uh, beetroot, beetroot done. And your word, Nicholas, was? It's Facebook, which also doesn't belong on a hamburger or anywhere else, probably. <sighs> okay, I'm, I'm kind
2: of fairly involved in, or will be soon, on reporting about all this stuff that's happening with Facebook and I can't talk to you about that at the moment. But around the table, what are people's thoughts?
1: Katie, what are you making? I'm unsurprised. Um, I did consider getting off facebook earlier this week um just because i was giving it a bit more thought but then i realized um it would affect my social life and also my work life because a lot of people contact me through facebook at, for stories and things like that um it's just it's just how a lot of people communicate now um but i am unsurprised by what's happened um and equally dismayed look i think if people if people think that Facebook is the only place that they're steal,
0: stealing your ideas and information, that, mm. that, you know, we the reality is that if, you know, I, I talked to my team about this this week actually when they were like, oh, we need to get off Facebook. And I was like, you know, if you pay for anything with your credit card on the internet, everybody knows exactly where you are at all times. You know, if you're paying for your Metro card with the internet, everybody knows where you are. You know, the reality is... If you're just not an asshole, um, then it doesn't really matter what people know about you. You know, the reality is that if you continue to be the very best version of yourself, no matter what people collect from you, they they will only collect the good stuff. And then I think that that's okay. You know, if you, it, it's funny. I spoke at a women in engineering uh, thing that I'll never get invited to again because I told them all that it was okay to be yourself. Um, I said that authenticity is important and you don't have to be the best. If you're in the top 1%, you're probably already the best. And everyone was like, oh, no, you know, you need to be the best of the 1%. And I was like, that seems like hard work. Um, <laughs> but I said, so I will never get invited back, but I said, you know, the reality is I'm going to – if if I'm recruiting you, I'm going to have looked at your Facebook. Um, and if you if I can't find you on the internet, I'm not going to hire you. Um because I'm going to wonder what the fuck you're doing and if I can find you on the internet and you're naked a lot, I'm probably also not going to hire you. So, um although it depends you know if you're really cute no no let that out yeah we
2: had that conversation about the barman during the break uh, oh,
0: oh, should... I did not get the bar joke but um, uh, you know the, the reality is
2: he's taken his shirt off because it's a bit warm out there and he's just wearing a single there's a bar, bar a person bit, with
0: no shirt on
2: it was a bit bar, he's got a single so first
0: you told bar. me there was a party of my people and now you said that there's a barman with no shirt on I feel like it's time to wrap this thing up no no, look, I social media is really is really important because it allows people to form connections when they can't ordinarily form them. I lived overseas for the best part of five years and it was my connection to the people at home, you know. Mm -hmm. It gave me this this way to connect with people that I wouldn't have ordinarily. And, you know, now we use it as a research tool. We use it as a way everyone who wants to start a family is on Facebook. You know, 99.9% of women between 20 and 40 are on Facebook, so, if you want to talk to them about important messages in fertility and family planning or not family planning, like anti-family family planning, that's where to find them, you know. Yeah. And so, you, you have to use these things to your advantage. So, yes, you know, well, the reality is everybody thinks that people just scrape their information this week. Oh, they scraped them a very long time before that. Insurance companies and banks have been scraping them for a much longer before that. So, you know, if you just don't be an asshole, you're all good.
5: Uh,
4: Nick? Oh, my principal, yeah. So my my principal concern about Facebook has has never been particularly that the, the the world is 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 working out who I am. It's the fact that the social media platform, that social media platform in particular, has seemed to become everything. So it's it's the way we reach out to everybody. It's the way we form social communities. It's the way we access the news. Well, I will say um, um, that if you uh,
2: look at the statistics from the Philippines uh, and Indonesia, if you look at the stats for how many people say they use the internet. It's less than the number of people who say they use Facebook. Mm-hmm. For them, Facebook is the internet. And I, I don't know what they think internet is. Maybe that's email. Maybe that's research for university or, or whatever. But they see Facebook as its own
4: thing that they use. And that, and that, of course, is placing an enormous amount of power in one very, very small set of hands. Yep. Um, hmm. And not hands I'd trust. And Which?
0: if the off chance that Facebook is listening, I know that you had a pregnancy loss and I'd love you to fund some research in the pregnancy loss space. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Just> Catching.
0: <because laughs> just because it's a very important thing that we should talk about and if Facebook are listening, because I feel like they have access to everything on the internet and they're probably listening, let's have a conversation about pregnancy loss. In.
2: Is that done with that round of three
4: things? Yes. Let's do the last two... I feel we didn't give Ocelot the run it deserved. Actually, that's true, <laughs> but isn't but it? But perhaps we've got, if we've got two Can left... Can you spell
0: should... it? Because it's a, it's a cat thing, right? <laughs> it's a cat. Ocelot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
4: they're a kind of
2: mid-size mountain cat
0: Especially thing. Thank ocelot. You.
2: Thank you, Sebastian, has handed me the the piece of paper with the word Ocelot. You won this it. last one? No, okay. here you go, Hannah.
0: Okay.
2: Two left. Is go, it, Hannah. Is
0: it black, the Ocelot? I don't even know. Ah, uh, oh, spotted shit.
2: <laughs> oh, <would> oh, <laughs> so
0: look, I got anon. thanks anon, for making my word Trump <laughs>
2: Speaking of small hands
0: Speaking of small hands, small hands from orange, and no, moving orange. <laughs> Nick Schultz
2: <laughs> Ah have, yes, is th- Nick Schultz here today? Yes, there he is at the back <laughs> Hi Nick Schultz Pantsing Pantsing, Trump and
1: pantsing <laughs> What does pantsing mean? Pantsing,
2: like dacking
1: Oh! Pulling okay, I thought my mind down. was okay, just going to go into a Okay,
2: I'm Yes, I getting the so, knot yeah. from the back. Yeah, okay. Pansing is daxing. Dacking. Dacking. dacking.
1: Yeah. But
2: it's
0: yeah. not the same Trump. as hazing, which is something that I've heard a lot of lately.
1: <laughs> I'd love to dack Trump, but I don't think what's down below is much different from what's up top, yeah, to na- be honest. We nothing. Very ask, uh, little. Stormy
2: Daniels. <laughs> yeah. who, can I say, Stormy Daniels, who is the escort at the centre of these allegations of Trump, she has been suffering the most appalling trolling on Twitter mm. with people calling her dumb and a slut and a whore and whatever. Close your ears, you, Sebastian. S- word, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's another topic. We'll come back to nice. that on another day. She has just been responding to people on Twitter with wit and intelligence and strength, and it is just wonderful. Someone called her a whore and misspelled it, and she just said, it's it's spelled whore, H-O-W-R-E, and thank you, I've made a profession out of it. Mm. And, you know, she is really coming
0: special. Of Smackdowns on Twitter, did you see Cynthia Nixon this week? You know, ex Miranda Sex in the City, no, running for mm, yeah, New York Mayor, right? New York Mayor. Oh, okay. And someone accused her of being like an unqualified lesbian.
4: That's right. Yeah. And
0: Uh, sorry,
2: (laughs) Um, I have questions now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And she had the ultimate throwdown. They were. She she was like, yeah, yeah, you know, there's. There's a shitload of paperwork, you know, required to be a qualified one. But, like, come on, you know, is that, is that, where, is that where we're at? You know, she, you know, it's unqualified lesbian, you know. It's, and that's the unfortunate thing about the internet, right, is the splaining. Yeah. Like, everyone has an opinion and everyone has free right to it.
2: Well, that's, yeah. I mean, do I need to say the old phrase, right? You know, opinions are like arseholes, Everyone's got one.
1: And the effects that that has on people's mental health across the board, whether or not you're in the public or you're your Joe blogs, um, you, you can you can project this, um, like maybe Cynthia did, um, strong stance. But what then happens behind closed doors when you're dealing with with the so good barrage. to be in Adelaide?
2: Would people say stance not <laughs> stance?
0: Sorry. We, we say also say st- dance and plant
2: plant yeah, yeah. want.
0: Graph. We say graph a Graf, lot. Not graph. In my word, yeah, in my word. I'm like graph. I'm like, what is that? What? I don't, yeah. Yes, exactly. Foreign. Speak, good. Yeah, we we speak, good. speak good. good. We speak we heaps good. Sometimes
1: <laughs> we speak heaps good. We speak heaps good. good. <laughs> it's our thing.
2: Uh, I'll have to explain that to the non-South Australian what? people. They no, no, they really don't understand heaps. Good. Or heaps good. Heaps good. They don't uh-huh. understand what heaps good means. Well, they they obviously get from context what it means. We'll
0: send them a t-shirt. It's fine.
2: Yep. Uh, John Lindsay is in the audience. He—that's uh, him over there. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, he uh, uh, paid for the right to set a topic and a question. This is going to go serious for a minute. Sorry, we dealt with all of the things? Yes, Mm -hmm. I believe so. Yes. Uh, He says, question. South Australia was established by the UK Parliament as an experiment in free settlement. Well, it was actually established by the South Australia Company of Dodgy Businessmen, who convinced the UK Parliament to give them a document, a ship and a company of marines, but that's a a side issue. It nearly went broke, correct, because the... um, The gold rush kicked off in Victoria not very long after and everyone went over to there where they could make money rather than the, quote, free, unquote, colony of South Australia. It nearly went broke and had to be bailed out by the UK. Uh, that is also mostly true, but also the Commissioner of Police, Mr Tolma, went over with some armed troops to the Ballarat goldfields and said, we understand you have trouble with bush rangers. We will escort your shipment of gold safely back to Port Adelaide. And they said, no, 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 we have contracts with Port Melbourne. No, 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 no. you don't understand. We will be escorting your gold shipment safely back to Port Adelaide and the, the colony was saved from bankruptcy. Uh, the British, says, says John, uh, also gave us a state democracy, a state government, rather, and the promise of democracy. Can we have the democracy now, or should we give them back South Australia and all go home?
1: Can you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> no. I want John to write a column for the magazine. I think that would be... Great. I want John to write a (laughs) thing.
2: Look, I I will say that that John's views on the world are, uh, at the very least, entertaining.
1: Even better. Anything that gets response from readers is great. Um, I I mm. I think
2: if I can summarise the question, John, is that uh, is South Australia a failed state and shouldn't we just hand it back? Yeah, he's nodding.
1: I'm not not voicing my opinion on this necessarily, but if, if you were to well, ask, why are you even here? To, well, I know <laughs> I like to listen to people's opinions and process them um, for the for the rest of the world. But I think um, if you ask my grandfather, who is British, um, he's dismayed by this state at the moment, and um, I think there's nothing going right with it. Um, and he would say he he would say yes, we are a failed state.
0: It's funny, right? So my grandfather was a Immigrant from communist Romania um, a, a long time ago, and he would tell
2: I, you that uh, this is this uh, well-known Romanian surname Brown. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. without we, we switch that out. Yeah, no. nice. Yeah, well, not all that. It's not it's all not that. Not Yeah, it's, it's um, yeah. Um, he would tell you that this is the luckiest place to have ever lived, and so it, it, I think it's a matter of perspective, right? Mm. You know, he he will tell you of what it took to escape the war and. You know, despite the, you know, despite the fact that he tells me that I'm a failure because he had three kids by the time he was thirty, and that I tell him that I I think he needed a hobby. Um,
4: <laughs> Sounds like he th- had one.
0: <laughs> yeah, he yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely had a hobby. That's not that comes. And you know that that women should uh, wear satin and not uh, drink champagne and. Not be able to fix doors, which is one of the one of his greatest he, the thing that he's most pissed at me at the moment for can, because I I repaired wait, a, a sto- door. There's a
2: story there.
0: Oh, look, he's just always on my case. You know, you've got a tattoo, no one will marry you. Um, you've you fixed a door. You're too independent. You own a house. You've got a PhD. No one will marry you. I'm like, I'm bisexual Did and I have used- a female partner, and it was illegal, um, so no one will marry me. But that's a whole another conversation. But like, he I'm still that- going
2: back with this idea that. A having a tattoo, and yeah. it's a very nice tattoo on your arm there, by the way, or over there. Yeah. Or, or B having a PhD makes you unmarriageable.
0: Well, yeah, because you're too independent. Like, actually, the kicker was the repaired door. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, re- I, repaired a door handle at my mum's. You know, she's like, "Oh, this door's not working," and I like, and she and my, my grandfather said, "Oh, did Sam repair that?" That's my brother, who's obviously got a Y chromosome, so capable of repairing door handles. Um, and you know, has has, has it, You know, only access to Bunnings is with a Y chromosome. <laughs> and I, I should have told him. Fucking lesbians love Bunnings, but. Um,
2: <laughs> and it's not just for the sausages. Oh sh- <laughs> 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 yeah. I love
0: the pause before you.
2: And <laughs> that that's that's
1: magic. Like,
0: so not for the snags. Um, but you know, he was like, "What do you mean you fixed the door?" And I was like. Look, I sprayed a bit of stuff on it, and I took it off, and I put it back on, and I cleaned it, and it's good to go. He's like, "No one will marry you," and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, so it's not because I'm an asshole that no one will marry me, but only because I can fix things." He's like, "No, well, you're also too smart, and you've got a job, and you own too many properties." And I was like, "Okay, cool." So I, wow,
2: wow, you- I
0: didn't know these were the things you sold against on Tinder, like, like, you know, like <laughs> ind- independent, no. Um, capable, no, um, you know. Uh,
2: Well-educated.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Had no idea, yeah. Hello,
2: he, what's, what's that said? Nothing. nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you can do
0: nothing. Look, the thing is that this this young, um, capable individual that's sitting across from me, who's, I'd going to guess, 90 years younger than my grandfather, <laughs> um, rec- <laughs> recognises that my grandfather would
1: like me to be nothing but married. Yeah. Like, uh. It's a very archaic um perspective, I guess, and and that's why it's so important to to take in the perspectives of – my grandfather obviously has a different viewpoint to yours, but it is that he came on a boat. He's had a pretty bloody comfortable life since he came on a boat from England, Um, but I recently did a story on – which will come out soon on um, refugees who came here on a boat. Is that in Fritz? The next next issue of Fritz, Mm -hmm. and they've come from horrendous situations um, from Afghanistan, all over the world where they've come to this this. And here – I'm going to voice my opinion now – this wonderful oh, please, state. Please, please, that, that is state. kind of
2: why I ask you here. <laughs> this
1: wonderful state. <laughs> at, I, I, at whatever I hour into the recording. We are, um, we are so lucky to live in this state and I think we forget that a lot of the time. Um, and to speak to refugees who've come here from hell on earth – who talk about the opportunity they're offered here and the support um, from Australians? Yes, there are problems. Um, there's going to be problems wherever you live in the world, um, but but the opportunity that they have and that we all have um, is in many ways incomparable to to other parts of the world, and I, I think we need to remember that. And the people
4: who do forget it are those who've never had to face. That's right. The genuine alternatives who who uh, have never really experienced the the, the horrors that your, your grand, that um, Hannah's grandfather has had to go through. Yeah, in the end, we've just had a, love, a perfectly successful state election. We've changed government after 16 years. We had a state election, an election campaign which wasn't dominated by law and order and, and and tub thumping.
2: That brings me to the last question. We can do that very quickly. This is from another anonymous person who gave me way too much money, but that's how it works. What is the one thing you would change about Adelaide? Should we go around this way?
0: No, because I, you know, you told me this two hours ago that I needed to think about something I'd change about this place and I love Adelaide, like I I grew up here, I was raised here, I did all of my education here, and then I left, and then I spent five years thinking about how the hell I was going to get home, like I, you know, despite all of the, you know, people like, oh, it's almost as weird as Portland, you know, it's, ah, oh, you know, what, wouldn't you change about it, you wouldn't tell everyone how fucking cool it is, like... <laughs> You know, like, fuck off Melbourne and Sydney. We don't want you to come and take a buy up our cheap property and our fucking excellent food that's heaps. You know, I heard I heard a comedian who I think's incredibly funny the other day say, oh, I'm such a coffee snob. You know, I, I leave Melbourne and I say, they say, do you want a coffee? And I say, oh, have a soda water. And I was like... Fuck that! You know Adelaide's excellent for all the reasons that everybody thinks it sucks. You know it's it was oh, it's too small, which is one of the great things about ah oh, there's not enough people. Like you can be anywhere in twenty minutes. Like why would you change anything about this place? Like why why wouldn't you? Well, shh, don't don't podcast this bit where I say it's fucking excellent to live here. You know that's it. It's, you don't need to. You know it's changing in its own unique way for the better, but you don't need to. You know we don't need to jump in and change anything
1: big. It's already excellent.
2: Wow, that is that was passionate. Mm-hmm. Katie?
1: Um, I left for 10 years. So. <laughs> Sorry,
2: yes that, deserves, yes, that does deserve a round of applause.
1: Yeah, Um, I left for 10 years and went abroad and, and coming back at the time, coming back to Adelaide, was a, it was a massive mental hurdle. I, I thought coming back here was a step backwards and I wish I could go back to that point in my life and slap myself in the face because I should have come back earlier. Um, it has been... It has been amazing to be around friends and family, um, but also you can do anything you want here and you can climb really high. The thing I would change about Adelaide though um, comes back to community because that's kind of at the core of everything I do and write about. People in South Australia, especially if they've never left, um, I find tend to stay in their core groups, talk about the same old shit around the table all the time. Um, I think people need to talk to their neighbours more. They need to talk to the newcomers who are, uh, have arrived here um, and just get out of their, their friendship peer group um, and and discuss, like we're doing now, I guess. Um, just just throw, throw your net wider, basically. That's what I yeah, think. Yeah, to stop the first conversation from being, where did you go to high
0: school? It like, is the thing. <laughs> like and anyone the- from Adelaide knows that the first thing that anyone asks you is where did you go to high school? And I think we, uh. that we've got to stop that yeah. conversation. We need to be a bit more... You know, a bit more visionary in terms of you know what drives you. What are you excited about? And the tall no.
1: poppy syndrome is a thing here. That's not a myth. That is that is a thing. Um, on the streets of New York, someone will approach you and say, "Who are you?" You'll have a random encounter with a stranger, and they they want to know how they can help you f- go further in in what you achieve. And um, that doesn't happen here.
2: Now, Nicholas, before I come to you, I noticed that young Sebastian has just picked up a microphone, mm-hmm. which tells me that he's got something to say. Yes.
5: Uh, I think that what I, what I would change about Australia is... Oh, we're going
2: wider here. All of Australia. Good. Good.
5: Or Adelaide mostly, but all of Australia, uh, that they should stop uh, just kicking refugees out because I think refugees have a meaning and they want to s- escape from being killed, basically.
2: It's not a bad aim, is it? You know, not wanting to be killed. Uh, that
5: mic
0: drop. No, mic drop. Well done. If you only listen to one message from the podcast today, let it be that one. Yeah.
2: Absolutely.
0: And let it be the fact that we're going to be inspired by what's coming after us. I thought yeah. that yeah. I'm so, I'm so glad, glad that millennials are gone and that you're going to be the next leader of the place around here. <laughs> that there's some vision for what might happen in our future is very exciting to me.
4: Nicholas, can you beat what your son has just said? I can't. I, I might be able to amplify it somewhat because at the risk of sound, of, of a terribly pl- complacent-sounding panel still, um, I too would change very, very little about this town. I have worked in, in Melbourne and Canberra. I have lived there. I have um, come back to Adelaide. I don't have family and friends here. I don't have an extended family because we're the migrant family. But this is one hell of a place to live and it's one hell of a place to bring up a family of my own. So, And I wouldn't change... Uh, Almost anything about it, like Sebastian, I would. The changes I'd like to see are at a national level, where our politics seem so desperately small, where we seem driven by politics of fear when we've really nothing to fear, where um, we just don't seem to be capable of, of um, formulating a vision of ourselves which is which is attractive and which we can we can all get round and get behind. It's it's extremely disappointing. But Adelaide itself. Yeah, is heaps good. It's heaps good, and but, but you know, <laughs> don't don't rush here, folks, because you know, heaps good will probably <laughs> might dissolve if too many too many appear.
0: Yeah, so it's not that great, and you can all stay yeah, away. That's <laughs> right,
4: yeah.
2: That it's is a, a fantastic note to end on. Uh, those of you in the audience left at the end of this long period, will you please thank around this time from my right, Hannah Brown, Katie Spain, Nicholas Fryer, and the escaped Tory Shepherd. Hey. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much. That's all the eating for now. Uh, thanks to the panel. Uh, thanks uh, to the Sheep Hotel for their kind hospitality. Uh, there's lots of stuff about it on the podcast website. Go there if you also want to make a tip. And the next episode of the 9 pm eating will appear very, very soon. I'm still carrying
5: it. See you then.
0: The 9pm Edict is a Skank Media production. Sorry.